What these bitches want from a nigga? What these bitches want from a nigga? I have missed my song. What these bitches want from a nigga? I think that's enough. Now that we actually, we had the idea. I feel like we should just have that running the entire time on a loop. It's funny because I texted Justin the other day and I was just like, you know what? We always play like a song and then talk about it. And I was like, we should just start the podcast on Monday with what these bitches want by DMX and just not talk about it and start yeah. the episode. Yeah. But now that I actually just heard it for the first time in like five years, I have so many things to talk about. It. Yeah. Uh, such <laughs> as? Such as a time when Cisco was relevant enough to actually go, Cisco. Oh, because boy. I don't think Cisco has a song that's not the thong song. Yes, he does. The, the uh, Wild West song from that Will Smith movie. Oh, stop it. And that was just him. It wasn't Drew Hill, so it does count. Like in the Thong Song video, we've talked about it on here, where he literally is avoiding girls so bad. He's uh, doing hopping flips. over them and doing flips not to touch them. I want you to understand <laughs> that uh, he has a new album out. No, he doesn't. Uh, he Cisco has a new song with, uh, with Waka Flocka. Uh People are. He has his own Twitter. Like people are actually. People actually give a shit. Like he's got. Like what? The fuck Can we get Cisco on the podcast? That might be possible in 2014. He might be desperate. Exclusive. Cisco speaks on gay rumors after wearing mankini. As I just said, he is skipping over girls in the Fox song video, avoiding them doing cartwheels to not touch these girls in bikinis. Interview official Cisco on 2014's smorgasbord of ass in his unique brand of feminism. Excuse me. Oh, no. Is Cisco like calling his, himself a feminist? His 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 official Cisco Twitter is just like retweets of things that people are talking about about him. But I didn't know people were talking about him. I, how many followers does he have? Uh, fifty one thousand. It's not bad. Not too bad, Cisco for twenty fourteen. Yeah. When did the thongs all come out? It has to be like uh, I. 12, what, 14 years ago? Yeah. Like, there's no way. 2001. Probably around the same time as 9-11. Dumps like a truck. <laughs> Dumps like a truck. 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 That's like what? 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 Baby, well, it had to... Okay. Never sing it again! It had to be around 2000 because we would do that song. And our old band. Yeah. We, we would, would. We'd do that in TLC. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, and. Because there was part of a song, one of our songs that matched up perfectly with like 50 other songs, so we would just kind of interchange them. There was TLC, uh, what was it? It wasn't Waterfalls. Uh, No. um, Was it Scrubs? No. Um, Man, what was it? I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I just don't remember. Why? I gotta hear this fucking Cisco song. <laughs> no, right? we don't need. I, no, we don't need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Why does Cisco have a new song? But here's my few questions: Is I just sometimes like I love rap. Anyone that listens knows that Justin and I are both big rap fans. We have been. We used to drive around in our parents' cars when we were like 17, 18, listening to rap and buying rap albums. I just I'm just picturing like DMX like sitting down with a notepad to this beat, and just like. What these bitches want. <laughs> <laughs> and it's being like, that's it. That's the hook right there. 
and then going to a producer and also to Cisco and yeah. showing them this notepad and going, everyone going, okay. yeah, that's that right. right there is the song. That's that's the one. Okay, here you go. Yep. Hold on. This is a Jay Z rejected beat. Fe- featuring Waka Flocka, so of course it sounds like this. And it's in a strip club. Alright, that's enough of that. <laughs> oh my god, that is fucking awful. That's worse than his old that stuff. That makes the thong song look okay. Yeah. I was gonna say it's not. <laughs> it only has twenty two thousand views, which is weird. That's sad because it we... came out on the 29th of September. Well, I mean, even then, that's two weeks Still, ago. Still, I was gonna say there's way many mixtapes. <laughs> he has way more views than Cisco. Poor, I'm, I'm bigger than Cisco. Poor Cisco, you are. Hey, here's something. Uh, Somebody wrote in and asked, Today I learned that Jim Blossoms are playing a free concert after an Arizona Coyotes game this month. What is one band you didn't know was still active until a few days ago? Well, Cisco. <laughs> we didn't know until today. <laughs> so, you know, thank you. Well, the you, Jim Blossoms, uh, I will say, I know very well are active because they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. And I saw them last year. Yeah. But Cisco would be somebody I did not know was still active. What is another band we didn't know? Justin and I, you'd actually be surprised... I would say four to five days a week, Justin and I text each other with a band yeah. that actually no one knew was still together. Because you would always be surprised. Yeah. Did you know Rage Against the Machine played shows last year? No. I didn't know that until today. My roommate told me. I mean, here's the thing. I really don't give a fuck about No, that, I don't but... at all. Because people, for some reason, think Tom Morello is the best guitar player ever. And a bunch of people are going to get mad at me right now. But... Can you disagree with me here, Justin? That every page of the C song goes, bow, wow, bow, wow, bow, wow. Yeah. I like the message. They had a great message. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. Oh, someone oh. else also wrote, uh, what? hold on. Somebody asked us. Oh, this is what it was. No, that wasn't it. Uh, somebody asked, like, I wish I could find the thing, but somebody asked like what our favorite uh, misogynistic lyrics and rap songs were. Oh, we <laughs> and like the thing is, is we already just answered that. <laughs> no, wait, no, we can go on. That's, where's that? A, is no, that a somebody question? said, "Hey guys, what are some of your outright favorite rapey lyrics?" I've always been fond of. I'm not. I'm into having or I'm into having sex. I ain't into making love. That the Fifty Cent in the club song. That part. From I wouldn't say that's rapey. No. I mean, he just. I'm into having sex and I'm making love. He, he says, doesn't want so, a girlfriend. He says he he does say so. Come give me a hug if you're into getting rough. So I guess I mean, a little bit. You better not go hug. But I mean, cent. I think it just sounds like he doesn't want a girlfriend, or if we're talking in current terms, he doesn't want a bay. I don't know. Just don't go hug him. That's the first time I've ever said bay. That's twice well, now. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> Should I keep on saying bay? No. Where's your bay? What is that? I don't understand. Is it like supposed to be like babe? Is yeah, it? that's what it is. People, why? <laughs> no, who knows? You don't have time to say babe ask and the even stupid, then stop ask, saying it. Ask the stupid fucking internet for why they create these things. God, I fucking hate it. <laughs> hey, I mean, babe. I know we're on the internet, but I hate it. Hey, babe. Babe, quit. Do you, <laughs> no, um, that lyric. I don't. I do not consider that lyric rapey. There are a lot of rapey. Well, lyrics except for the part where he says, "Don't." 
you know, go over and give him a hug and he's going to fuck you. But he's asking you. So he's not saying, I'm going to come hug you. No, he's, he's saying, saying, if you're never sex t- and but he's you don't want to be my girlfriend, walk over here and give me a hug and then we'll get rough. Which, okay, telling, maybe he's a yeah, little. Exactly. <laughs> he's maybe. telling her to that she has to come over and give him a hug. <laughs> now I'm just picturing 50 Cent in a club with a gun to a girl's head. <laughs> you better hug me. From Don't Be a Menace. <laughs> which I watched two nights ago. Which younger generation, because I know a lot of people listen to this are younger than Justin and I. Yeah. Do oh, yourself shit. a favor. Get on Netflix tonight, tomorrow, because it's on there now. And watch Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah. I mean, it's a great. I'm going to tell you right now. I watched it two nights ago, and I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. Yeah. It holds up. It does. I was laughing very hard. Yeah. It's still a great. It's still a great movie. I love every time that the mailman shows up and says message. Because it's every time they actually have a serious message, like talking about like black people actually being like oppressed in our culture. Right. Yeah, the mailman just goes, message. <laughs> he just pops up wherever he is. And then there's a guy that'll suck your dick and give you cheeseburgers. And then actually does it. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, that might be the only good thing the Wayans brothers ever did successfully together that was like really funny. Because for some reason they made that movie and it was so funny. And then, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, they just got in that phase of making the worst shit you've ever seen. Do you ever see dance movie? <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> Did you ever see, uh, what was the one where Britney Spears gets kicked into the pit from 300? Oh, that's like, but that wasn't them. That was a different. It's the same thing. I know. It doesn't matter. No, they made, <laughs> didn't they make Scary Movie 3, which I consider to be the best one? Pretty sure. Did they? Which one did Kevin Smith write on? Was that three? I think so. Because whichever one Kevin Smith wrote on was kind of funny. And I'm not... Because con- it was the one that was like a parody of Signs or whatever. Because I'm not condoning Scary Movie, the series, because yeah. it's fucking no. terrible. Actually, but- it may not even be the entire movie. If I watch it now, it's probably stupid. But there is one part in that movie that was one of the funniest jokes ever, where like the aliens are coming or whatever, but they don't know it yet. And then they're like looking around, and the guy and Charlie Sheen goes... The dogs are acting strangely, and then they show these dogs, and it's two dogs in front of a chariot with a smaller dog in the back, dressed as a Roman centurion, like whipping them. <laughs> Which I like every time. It's ha- it just happens so fast that it's so funny. But that I think that's the only reason I fondly remember that movie. Well, it sucks because like those weird parody movies took a turn from like the seventies to like the nineties. So many hilarious movies of that kind of humor. Oh, which, yeah. I don't know what kind of humor you want to call it. Irreverent. I mean, uh, over the top, like airplane, you know? Yeah. Like a Loaded Weapon. And loaded Weapon. Loaded airplane. Weapon actually is the most underrated of all of those. Great. Nobody's and ever fucking seen what it. What were the two Charlie Sheen movies making fun of? Hot uh, Shots. Saddam Hussein. Hot Shots. Hot Shots Part 2. And Part 2. Like, yeah. were great. And then I feel like once Scary Movie came out, People just started making these movies trying to do that type of humor, oh, but they God. fucking dumbed it down so bad. I'm so glad that they've kind of shied away from that yeah, thing. Cause cause it, well, now, if you notice, I think people got so fed up with it. Those movies still come out all the time, and it's like straight to video. Oh, I know, and they're terrible. Did you see... not? What was the gay movie? And I, I'm not being offensive. Oh, not, another literally game, had to, no, not another gay movie. Not Lauren, another gay Lauren movie. Lauren and I right. watched that together. What? Lauren and I watched that together I watched a couple it years too. ago. Yeah. It... Is the most tragic thing that's ever been filmed. Like I can't. No, believe- I'm sorry. Uh, you may not have seen not another gay movie too. No, sequel. that's not real. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. So no, it's not. I refuse to believe that. It's far more tragic. For anyone that doesn't know, there's a movie called Not Another Gay Movie, and I don't even know what it was supposed to be spoofing exactly. It, it wasn't really anything. It was just, I, I think what they were trying to do was like make like a gay friendly comedy. 
and like it went straight to DVD, and I'm, I guess it succeeded in its own way. But that's only because the gay community will support anything that gay people make because they don't have much. You yeah, know, what which I mean? is sad. I know, but uh, but and if that's what you have to put up with, the movie I mean, is so tragically sad, fucking horrible that it's insane. It's just sad, man. Like, yeah, it's insane. Like, it's not. I don't think I laughed one time. And if I laughed, oh, it's it was pretty be- good. If know. if I laughed, it's because yes. I was laughing at the movie. Maybe you just don't. You just don't have a good sense of humor or something. I don't know. <laughs> Chili dog. Um, yeah, so welcome to Big Snackers. That's a long intro. Episode number 46, I believe. I've been good recently. Am I right? Yeah. Are we 46? Yeah, I don't know. We're, yeah, 40, we're 46 years old. <laughs> you know better than I do. Why would I know better than you? Because, I mean, even though I do type the thing in, I don't pay really any attention to it. So I just kind of put it up, and once it's done, it's out of my head. Welcome to Big Snackers, what I think is number 46. And if not, you're probably very confused if you're listening on your iPhone or your Android. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've been thinking. I might might get an Android. (laughs) Might shy away from the iPhone. Why? You don't like the 6? Oh, here's the thing. Um, I've always said I like... In theory, Android, iOS better than Apple. Mm. I always have yeah. from the beginning. Right. But the iPhone just always worked better. Right. And even the people I know that had Androids agreed. Right. Because iPhones just were smoother. The text was faster. Everything seemed to work better. But the Android iOS is so much cooler. And you can do so much more with it and customize it. But I finally, uh, my roommate got a new Android. Like a brand new one within the last like two weeks. And I was messing with it. And I feel like they're like, starting to catch up. To Apple. Yeah. No, so. they are. I mean, the, the new, the new like, Galaxy Note and stuff is awesome. They're, like... I mean, I always think that... I always thought the Samsung series was better than the iPhone. Because those are, like, basically the two big premier yeah. cell phones. And know? that's just it. It's, like, the Samsung I mean, there's or other the iPhone. And too. I love my iPhone, but... I don't know. I just... Yeah, I think I might make the switch. Because yeah. the 6, I looked at it, and I was like, this is the 5 with a bigger screen. Yeah. You still can't do anything outside of what Apple wants you to do. And Android just seems more like free, you know, like do whatever you want with our phones, like customize them. Right. Right. And it's like, that's way cooler. Yeah. And they're a lot easier to unlock and all that stuff you want to. And that's it. It's just so prioritized. But yeah. uh, enough of the boring talk. Welcome to Big Snackers, where we have an interesting week here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about something real quick? <laughs> what, what do you want to talk about? What were you saying before we started recording about how science 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 is growing your dicks? Science is growing dicks? No, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you did. You kept going. You said you like, uh, have you heard about that? How they're growing dicks. If you have a smaller dick, they'll make your dick bigger. You know, I think if people like actually like read our text messages and the stuff we talk about before the podcast, it'd be more entertaining than the podcast. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out what the fuck you're talking it's about. It's true. Scientists are they're growing dicks. Okay, but they're not going to take your dick off and replace no, what it. What they're doing is they're making it so you can, uh, like, if you have a small penis, you can enhance it. Like, literally, like, they'll get you a bigger dick. You have surgery. <laughs> Again. I'm laughing because it's ridiculous, but it's true. Again, I don't think that they're <laughs> growing dicks to replace people's dicks. Google it. I'm telling you. Science is growing dicks. I don't. Is the irony here that I find funny is that I've realized that neither you or I smoke weed at all, and we probably sound like the highest people on this podcast um, just because of how much we laugh. I'm just good. I'm going to literally type it in. <laughs> Science <laughs> is growing dicks. Type it into Google. But yeah, we can talk about that because what it is, is like, you know, so, some people in the world, 
literally have like a one or two inch penis and yeah, it's a micro penis. Joe Rogan said it best is, you know, it's not like you failed dick school. Like you're born with it. You can't help it. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's, I mean, it's, it's what you got. It's what you were given. And, uh, science is helping out now and they're going to give you an, a more well endowed area. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I mean, I? you're not wrong, but you're also not right. What do you mean? What did you find? It's just... I don't even know what I'm reading. Like, uh, they built a thing that could possibly house cells from a penis that See, you could put on. I said on within the next five years. People... Yeah, Okay. Uh. <clears throat> oh yeah, but it's not. They're talking about people who like have had accidents and stuff, and their penis. But you're right. But tell me, I know they're technology... saying they said they're aiming for an entire one at one point, but right now it's just partial. And also, <laughs> okay, and you tell me right now when that technology comes out. That there aren't going to be people in medical labs and people that figure out that you can cash in on it with guys with small penises that will pay money no, to get I a mean, bigger penis. Yeah, absolutely no, what absolutely happened. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely what happened. Yeah. I bet you would have dudes that had good-sized penises that want to be more studly that don't even need it that would pay money to get a bigger penis. Probably. Because you even see now all the internet and all the ads like, oh, if you need a bigger penis, then that bigger breast for girls, which is completely wrong and stupid. You shouldn't yeah. care. It's what you're born with. Well, this uh, It's I not mean, a big deal. Like literally no. to reemphasize like you didn't fail dick or breast school. Like you were born that way. You didn't fail at anything. But I guys care about that. Yeah, they do. And guys care about that I think more than girls actually do at all. But I think they feel like girls care more. I I think the problem is is that the prevailing like uh the the thing like the prevailing attitude in like popular culture is that like, oh, you have to have a big dick, blah blah blah. You know well, what I mean? That's like, it, and it's true, and it's such like a manly, macho, stupid thing. Yeah. Is in reality, let's be real here. How many times, or what percentage, do you think a girl is like really liked a guy, and like not dated him or broke up with him because he had a small penis? Like, right. does that even happen? I don't know. Maybe I mean, like on some Jersey Shore shit. Yeah, like it, outside. It probably of that. happens. This is when it probably happens. Is it happens to people who are like. Super, like, vacuous and image conscious, and they, like, feel like they need to have everything be perfect in order for their life to work out. So, like, it's exa- they, exactly you know right. I mean, so they, like, force themselves into, like, this thing where they're like, well, it, people say, like, well, this, if you don't have, if he doesn't have this, then, you know, I shouldn't date him. And if he doesn't have right. this, then, I, you know, and it's the same thing goes down to your body, too. It's, it's the same just thing, shallow you know? shit. Yeah. I, imagine literally, because, because this is going to sound insane to you because you're a normal human, anybody listening. Imagine if you're a guy listening or you. You found this girl. Like, you hung out with her. You had everything in common. You made each other laugh. Like, you thought she was awesome, but she had really small breasts. And imagine if you were just like, mm, yeah, that's a deal breaker. No. No one does no, that. No one does that. Like, no. if you do that, you're the worst piece of shit on earth. Yeah, like. because this is the thing is if you go into a relationship and you're looking to change people, you might as well not go into it. That's exactly A, that's a horrible thing to do to somebody, and B, it's probably not going to happen. Like, no, and if it does, what? 
Yeah, you're not dating the person <clears throat> that. No. Yeah, you're creating something entirely new. Well, plus it's also like, well, if you can't, like, if you don't like the person as, as who they are in the beginning, then why are you wanting to be with them anyway? And you it's know? like, like. I'm a guy, so I can talk without feeling like somewhat creepy guys. Of course, I like like girls' butts and boobs, but like, it doesn't matter. No, it has nothing to do with a human being. But I digress because I'd like to talk about something that I sent you last night. What's that? Um, Last night, Bayside and I and the Avalanche were in town. Oh yeah. So I went (laughs) because hang out, and uh, I saw two things. Did I send you both? Uh, you only sent me the one, I think. We'll, 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 we'll go to both. Um, it's at a venue here called the Thompson House, which I don't support and can fuck off. As a matter of fact, actually, literally, fuck the Thompson House. Yeah, I, I will place. actually only go there if it's free, which it was free last night. Yeah. And I will not support them or give them any money. But, uh, people out of town don't care what I'm saying. It's a, Well, if you ever come here, don't go there. Or if you're in a band that's going to play somewhere in Cincinnati, don't, don't play Don't play there. the Thompson House because the owners of it are some shitty fucking people. But it was free, so I went. and Because, uh, like, I'm cool. I know bands and stuff. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, cool with dudes. It's cool, man. Yeah. So, like, uh, so you know, I went. Do you want to drop any names while you're at it? Or uh, Got on Bayside's guest list. Oh, okay, that's cool. Spent a year with them, Warped yeah. Tour, and then toured with them in March and April. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Like yeah, Anthony Ranieri. It's girls like neat. him. Yeah. It's pretty neat. <laughs> so uh, I went to the concert, and on the walls of the shitty venue, first of all, this t- this this story right now and this conversation we're going to have will tell you all about the venue. Well, this is the thing. I, actually, I'll explain <laughs> it really quick. The guy who used to own this place hey, you should explain the story. Was, was, a, was a really great dude. He's it used like, to be called the Southgate House, yeah. and it was the best he's venue an, in the city. He's an older guy. And he owned the Southgate house for years, but he always had problems with his sister, who owns a place that's literally called the Brass Ass, which is down the street, and is a strip club in Covington, Kentucky. And it seriously is like the tackiest place. It has big neon signs. It's called the Brass Ass. I mean, whatever you picture when you hear that, that's what it is. And it's like full of just the grossest people of all time. So anyway, she's always hated her brother, and she wanted that place. She wanted the Southgate house because she knows that it's worth money because it's on the National Historic Record or Registry. It's actually where the, the Tommy gun was invented. Yeah, it was where Tommy guns invented. So the problem is, is that once it was on that registry, you can't sell it to the city unless you're going to put for preservation purposes. She wanted it because she figured she could get about $3 million from the city and they would tear it down. And that would hurt her brother immensely because she's an asshole. Yeah. So she ended up like going to court and winning the, the Southgate house away from him somehow. through yeah. Probably through technicality, I'd imagine, because exactly. he owned it for like 30 years. And uh, she got it, and she changed it to the Thompson House and proceeded to go into a building that was, like, gorgeous and historic and literally paint over, like, antique wood. Like, for real, this venue, the Southgate House, when it was open, you walk in. It was three floors. You could have three shows at a time, three bars, beautiful old-school decorations, balcony. It was like literally like a place bands would dream. Of. Like I mean, I've been touring yeah. for five years. It was a beautiful yeah, venue. Yeah, people fucking love beautiful venue. There. I mean, even and this uh, lady, this horrible person, like she just put up pictures like, like spray paintings like of like rock stars and like just yeah. made it tacky. And da- I mean, fucking Dan Vapid wrote a song about the Salki House. That's how much he loved it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people loved that place. She yeah, she painted tacky portraits of rock stars all over the place. Like spray she, painted Jimi Hendrix pictures and stuff for the wall. She literally painted over the uh, the um, bar and stuff with gold paint. 
Yeah. And the bar was like this oak bar that's been there since like fucking probably since the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, so basically, she's a shithead. She's a piece and of shit. And that place is a fucking <laughs> hellhole. And don't ever go there. And we might have a reason why you shouldn't. This is the kind of thing that well, they bring to There's two town. things, first oh, of all. Oh, yeah, go ahead and tell. Number yeah. one, which I didn't send you, is on uh, November 18th, uh, Shaggy is playing. So speaking of Cisco and other people we didn't know still did anything, Shaggy is playing the Thompson House. Didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago? Did we? Yeah, I feel like I said, like, oh, no, I, I texted you and told you that he was playing or whatever. You did. I forgot. Yeah. And I saw the poster last night. Yeah. And I texted Kamal and said, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My microphone messed up, sorry. I texted Kamal and asked if our, our rap group could play, because I want to play with Shaggy. Yeah, I don't know if there's any openers. Because I, I want to figure out a way to get into that show for free, because I want to see what Shaggy does live. I guarantee it's horrible. It has to be horrible. He probably just plays, the, it wasn't me over and over, right? Like And Mr. Boombastic. Well, yeah. That's the opener. Then they come in with the bombastic, many fantastic, waza 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 whoa, but uh, no. And then more importantly, yeah. <laughs> Ryan see, found this. Thing. I see a flyer for Bam Margera. Yeah, coming. It, it, he sent me the thing. <laughs> it's just a picture of Bam Margera in a hoodie, <laughs> holding his hands out so you can see his rings for whatever reason. Doesn't spell anything or do anything. And it just says, Bam Margera, okay, these are the things that are playing with him. I don't understand what's happening. Oh, I'm going to explain to you after, but do it first. It gets better. Okay, so it's Bam Margera. Then it says, and Fuckface Unstoppable, <laughs> something called Night Beast, and special guests Polka Dot Cadaver and Howitzer. <laughs> I had so many questions when I saw that flyer. My first question, which we talked about, obviously, is I was like, what the fuck is Bam Margera going to do? It's all ages. Is it? I don't know. That's what it says. All ages with a thing called Fuckface Unstoppable. <laughs> Here, hold on, though. Okay. So I did some research. Texted yeah. a few people. Oh. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, what's up, guys? Hi. Br- Brandon? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what's up? I forgot to text you, so you called in. That's good. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, did I call it the wrong time? No, you're good. We were telling a story, and I'm just gonna finish it when we're when we're done talking to you. <laughs> yeah. We could tell them about it. We could tell you about the story. Is did you know? Yeah, that, I mean, I would I would love to know. Did yeah. you know that a uh, Bam Margera goes on tour? Yeah, I do. I see his flyers all the fucking time. What? I see his flyers in like all we're, the venues, like all the time. We were just talking about. Are you on tour? Are you playing some some of the same venues? Yeah, 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 we see, we, we like literally followed his tour, but we were like a day behind it, and we would see all these posters like every single day, and we would see like merch left over at the shows and stuff, it was really weird. So you saw Bam Margera and Fuck Face Unstoppable then? <laughs> yeah, like what, he like plays like random music too, right, it's like some CKY stuff, some like his own stuff, I don't know, it's really weird. <laughs> That's know. awesome. Well, welcome Brandon. Brandon is in the band uh, Handguns. Yes. He's Brandon Pagano. He uh, is internet legendary. Yeah, I wish, man. I feel like those people who are like actually internet famous make more money. Aren't you legendary? How many Twitter... Do you, do you have more Twitter followers than me? I don't know. Maybe. What do you have? Like 5,000 something? Ooh, I got 8,000, bro. Cool. So you're way bigger <laughs> than I <laughs> So I met Brandon... Man, you were 17, right? 
I was 17, and I think it was Mixtape's first tour. It was, and what's funny is Mixtape's very first tour ever. Um, we went out with the band Light Years. No booking agents, no nothing. We just booked it up and down the East Coast, and we just did it. Um, I quit my job, more dropped out of college, and we decided we were just going to go on tour. So we just said, fuck it. So we booked it, and uh, one of the shows was in Albany, and uh, where was that show at? Because it was the strangest place. It was at the Social Justice Center in Albany. New York. The S- Social very Justice weird. Center in Albany. Yeah, which like that's really weird. Very strange. And Brandon was in a band called I was. I, I'm a hero. Fuck. What am I? I was a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I was a hero, right? Yes. Yes. At the time, and he sang, and uh, he was awesome. So like he hooked it up, and after that, like his. Him and his family always let us stay with him, and we've been friends ever since. And then he joined Handguns, and now Handguns is doing great, and that's awesome for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. But uh, we're not here to talk about Handguns, obviously. We're here to talk about Bam Margera. We're here to talk about Fuckface Unstoppable. <laughs> Which, let me explain. We don't even need to actually wait till the conversation's over. No. Oh, so no, what no. happened was, Brandon, it's funny, is when I saw the flyer... Um, last night, I was like, man, what in the fuck does Bam Margera do on stage? Because the flyer at the venue I was at last night said okay. Bam Margera. Then under it, it said <laughs> Fuckface Unstoppable and the other bands. Night Beast. Night Beast. Polka Dot Cadaver. Polka, polka Dot Cadaver. Oh, yeah. And Howitzer. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Howitzer? Howitzer. Howitzer. Gotcha. So wow, that's a that's quite the lineup, man. <laughs> yeah, well, things that no a, one has ever heard. of. <laughs> I'm a big fan of polka dot cadaver, well, but uh, so you know, I've, I like to think of myself as a night beast guy. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta stop. Okay, this. All right. so I literally am like looking at the flyer, and I text Justin, and I text Kamal, and I'm just like. What the fuck is this? Like, what does Bam Margera do on stage? I don't get it. And I knew, like, Steve-O had been doing stand-up comedy, which I'm sure is god-awful. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, you, haven't, you haven't heard it? It is No, I've not heard it. It is absolutely terrible. <laughs> because what would he have to say? It's just him going up there and saying, oh, I did this thing one time, I did this, and it's like, your entire life has been documented. Everyone's already seen it. They right. don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I, I picture someone like reading me the script of a jackass That's movie. basically what it is. He's like, and then we went up and I drank the horse cum. And it's like, it's not really a joke. You really did drink horse cum, man. What the fuck? So, guys, I... Uh, so, I was, so like, I was like, what the fuck is Van Margaret doing on stage? Is he doing like comedy? And what I found out was, which Brandon might already know, but Justin didn't know, is that Fuckface Unstoppable was Ben Margera's band. Oh. And he has a band. Oh, well. And they tour. And I, I've heard from a few people that they tour with 14 people, and their tour manager, because I know a friend of us, like, just keeps them all in line, because apparently it's just, they're all doing, like, heroin and, like, cocaine and shit, like, daily. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like... The band is like a four piece, I think, or five piece, and they tour with fourteen people. What do the other fourteen people do? What are they traveling in? I'm sure a bus. It's Bam Margera, Holy right? Sh- yeah, he's you know definitely what? rolling up. Brandon, the bus is bigger than half the venues he's playing. <laughs> Brandon, you know what Bam Margera does, don't you? Whatever the I fuck mean, he wants. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, no. But, oh god. <laughs> no. So that's the correct reaction, by the way, <laughs> when someone does that. That was. I mean, that was good. That was good. Like, I respect that one. <laughs> he also likes to stir things up a bit. I don't know. Oh, just, <laughs> so, so, no. So they tore with fourteen. He also likes to let his friends die in fiery car accidents <laughs> that could have been avoided. <laughs> I would think you're offensive, except our friend Servo texted me the exact same thing when I sent him the flyer. Um, man, if Bam Margarever meets us, he's going to hate us. So he tours with 14 people. I don't know what they do. They probably go slap Phil's belly. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to go get Phil today. <laughs> what is a... I just... Like, so... You were saying, Brandon, that they play like CKY songs and stuff. Is that that's what I saw, I saw on the flyer that they play like random CKY songs and then like a mix of like their own music. I have no idea. I thought it was very bizarre. I have to hear their own music. Oh. I'm so curious. And I'm, oh yeah, I'm in a huge minority here. I like CKY. Most people yeah, don't. I, do. I think I don't good. know if that's like a huge minority. I feel like a lot of people like that band. I just, I guess, in the pop punk scene and all that, and all between, fair, yeah. between our friends, I would tell people like CKY, and they'd think I was completely insane. Well, <laughs> they have some really good songs, and Flesh into Gear is a jam, and I don't care who you are. I hope it sounds like uh, Clutch. <laughs> 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 have you heard the band Clutch, Brandon? No, I've never heard him. Like, can I tell you about the time someone tried to get me to listen to Clutch? No, no, no. I, I would love to hear about it. Well, I want you to tell me if this would sell you, because okay. this is what was told to me by a man named Chuck that owns a oh shop named God. Skunkerific Records in Cincinnati. Okay. He says, have you ever heard Clutch? Like, my favorite band. And I go, no, I've never heard them. And he goes, well, you got to check it out, man. It's like stoner rock, except they talk about riding on elephants and, like, churning butter and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I think I would buy it So as soon as I hear that I'm just like Why the fuck would I want to listen to that band <laughs> Riding insane. elephants Turning butter and shit Turning butter. butter I want to hear that song Oh me too You need to write a song called Turning butter and shit I do There's money There's money to be made in the field um, But how's tour? Uh, tour's, tour's cool We have an off day today And we're driving in this like rain To Minnesota From Chicago but um, we're about a little over a weekend, and everything's gone insanely well. We sold out a few shows along the way. And, nice. What tour? What, yeah, what tour yeah. is there right now? Tell. It is the Pyrenees Records tour. Uh, it's featuring you know State Champs, uh, us, Forever Came Calling, From Porch Step, Brigades, and Heart to Heart. So it's a really cool tour. That's uh, a lot of cool up and coming bands. Uh, a lot of cool like already established bands, and uh, it's. It's, it was kept in small rooms, like, on purpose to try to make it as fun as possible. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's going, in, like, extremely oh, well so far. It's, uh, it's, in, it's in small rooms, so you can pad those numbers, huh, bro? You want to make sure you got your sellouts. It's not even, like, nah. I just prefer, I've always preferred playing, like, on the small stage. Of course. Even, like, festivals and stuff like that. It's just more fun. Oh, so, of like, course, man. The shows have been a lot more cool because there's no barricade and there's no... Yeah, oh, yeah. Playing on so. playing on big stages, man, is weird. You've done Warp Tour. I've done Warp Tour. Warp Tour is yeah. weird, man. It's weird to be on this. Warp Tour is weird. It's weird. We did that all time low tour, and all those venues were really big too. And those were indoor, and that was like a whole different experience. When we did uh, the Set Your Goals European tour, because people in Europe oh, like cool. not not being offensive, cool man, are like six years behind here. 
Yeah, that's amazing. You guys but, went to uh, Europe. But it's true. Just, yeah, cool. I, I'm not bragging. I'm telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> like people in Europe are just behind American music because it's not the same country. And so, right. well, Europe's not a country. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, Europe's not a country. <laughs> but that, it was like in these huge ballrooms, like you just said, like two or three thousand people. It was crazy. Like it was completely insane. Do they just come mm-hmm. out to shows because they don't? See that many American bands or whatever? Or something? I mean, I don't know. I feel like American bands tour Europe pretty frequently. Right, you'd think. But, I mean, I always hear that whenever people go to Europe or Japan or whatever, they're like, it's fucking crazy. Like, Japan show up and you're just like... Japan is... Japan's a good difference. They, it, they definitely get more stoked on anything like Western. Yeah. You, you tour Japan, like, right? Yeah. The, the younger generation... It's kind of like split down the middle because like, the younger generation's all for like the Westernization and like music and technology and all that stuff. And then... The older generation there is kind of more traditional Japanese. Well, talk- you know, they're they're not all about the Westernization, so it's cool because the young kids who are typically into our kind of music really show up, like when we go over to places like that. Well, Europe, you know, Europe is kind of this similar to American culture. Japan's totally different. You know, like talk, tell exactly. us, tell us about Japan. Like, what what was it like? Like when you went to Japan, toward like getting there and everything. Like, what was it like? Because that's interesting. From when we went to Japan, it was my first time ever leaving the country. Um, I wasn't even like officially in handguns yet, right. but um, I got a call from our label manager, and he was like, "Yo, I need you to like do this for me." And they told me it was all paid for, so I was like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna go to Japan. I need a passport." So I bought a passport for the first time, and was like, <laughs> "All right, let's do it." Um, and the flight itself was 14 hours, and that was Ooh. crazy enough as it was. Do, how do you feel but, about um, flying? Because I hate flying. No. I'm, like, pretty indifferent on it. Like, we've had bad, like, airport experiences, but never really bad flying experiences. Like, nothing bad has ever happened to us on a plane. We've never been through, like, any sort of scary turbulence or anything, knock on wood. But, like, you know, being in the air doesn't really bother me. It's just, like, all of the hassle and red tape of getting to the airplane. You're lucky. Being in the air bothers me. Justin, do you like flying? Yeah, I don't have any problem with it. Oh, you guys both don't. I fucking am terrified of being in an airplane. I understand. Well, I totally, like, I understand that. Like, anybody who tells me they're afraid of flying, I'm like, yeah, I, like, I get that. I just, I've never actually felt that way about it. And it's funny because people always be like, you have more of a chance dying in your car. And I'm like, I get that. That doesn't help my brain when I'm a mile in the air. Like, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always just, I just figure, like, well, they know what they're doing. I don't, I wouldn't know what I was doing if I was flying a plane. They've been trained for this. Well, on the way to Europe, I was sitting, like, I was talking with Jordan from Set Your Goals, and there was crazy turbulence. And he was, I was just, like, clutching the seat. Like, I'll admit, like, I was scared as fuck. Right. uh, No, absolutely. And Jordan was just like, dude, you just got to keep in mind, like, if the engine fails, there's, like, three more now. And then if all those engines fail, they still have a backup plan. And he helped me, you know, realize that, like, airplanes have, like, 20 backup plans. Like, yeah, they always do. They oh, don't yeah. crash very oh, often. Yeah. Even when they're going in the turbulence, a lot of times they know beforehand. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to expect this, so just, you know. I tried to sleep on the flight to Europe. I uh, I watched, like, horrible movies just to keep my mind. Like, I was a wreck, man. I should have taken medicine. I feel but... like I should just fly all the time because I always I fall actually, asleep on airplanes. Always. I, I, have, like, a funny, I have a funny story about that. On our flight home from Europe, the second time we had gone there with one of years, CJ, our bass player, and I were sitting, like, in our own row, like, kind of separate from the rest of the band. And uh, for those, like, longer international flights, they have, like, the full TVs in the back of everybody's seats. And this guy in front of us 
was watching that Denzel Washington movie, Flight. <laughs> <laughs> which was, for whatever reason, on this network that they had. And I, I watched a warning pop up on the screen that was like, warning, movie depicts air airline failure and shit like that. And I'm like, what the fuck is... I thought it was like a, like a training video or like a safety <laughs> video or something. And then I'm watching it and that opening scene comes up and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, can you imagine like, he's flying the plane upside down? He's on coke and he's flying the plane. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that is a good story. <laughs> well, before... So you, terrible. I want you to finish the Japan story. Before you do... Do you agree that in every Denzel Washington movie, no matter what movie it's ever been, there's a part where he looks at somebody and then asks them to repeat themselves because he can't believe they said something like that to him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's a, that's a thing. He might request that, honestly. <laughs> he also Every Denzel movie, there's that part where he asks them to repeat themselves because he gives them that look of like, you didn't yeah. just say that to me. There's also a part. Yo, that's, like a, that's a thing that people do. Like Samuel L. Jackson will only be in a movie if they give him something purple to wear. Or like to use. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, well, there's also a part in every Denzel Washington movie where he looks at somebody and laughs. That's true. Like, <laughs> like that weird Denzel Washington laugh, like that, ha ha, like that thing. <laughs> You're so, a trademark or something. I think so. I think it is. Yeah. That laugh you just did was perfect because yeah. I pictured Denzel Washington yeah. like he always, shooting somebody right. and turning around and like, <laughs> looking at the kingpin like, ha ha. Yeah, he always does. I don't know what it is. I think that's pretty good. Uh, okay, so Japan. Go on. Yeah, the flight? Yeah. Uh, and the, the flight was really long, and um, we didn't know going into it that our label manager there is in Suzuki Ice Grills labels. There, um, he like doesn't speak English like fluently. We right. knew that he could get by like in emails and stuff. We could tell he could like he knew like basics, but getting there, we knew that we were going to have to have a translator who luckily the band that we were touring with over there, who was a Japanese band, their singer went to an American school in Japan. So he speaks fluent English and Japanese. So he acted as our translator. Nice. But we knew landing in Tokyo and speaking to like customs and stuff, we weren't sure if they were going to speak English or Japanese. And if they spoke Japanese, we were kind of screwed because none of us had anybody with us. Right. And uh, we landed and people still had trouble like understanding, you know, our accent, like even if we, even though we spoke English, they had trouble understanding like our accent. Right. So we had a lot of trouble at like customs. We had a, tr- a lot of trouble like, actually getting into the, the airport. But uh, once we got there, we got picked up by Mizuki and our you know and our translator, and they they kind of explained the culture to us a little bit and like you know like, one of the, like, one of our favorite questions to ask when we first get there because my band likes to you know go out a lot. They're yeah. like, yo, what's like how is it with drinking? Because like in Europe drinking is like celebrated it's like a huge deal oh yeah and we weren't sure we were going to get to japan they're going to be like yeah like it's not it's not a thing here but um <laughs> so we always ask questions like that to kind of see where we're at like see what's appropriate for when we're there and um yeah we, we were so jet lagged when we got there it was like a 14 hour jet lag so we landed and immediately had to like go to sleep to try to catch up and i had like the flu or something like going oh. over there so I was just a complete mess for like the first three days that we were there. But uh, the first show was in Tokyo, and um, it was insane. Like we had Japanese bands open for us, and they were like, in, they were just insane. They played the craziest like Japanese punk metal music, and 
it, it was just a was trip, it? man. And like people did not speak English, and like so was it like kids you like? Was no, it okay? Oh, sorry. Was it weird, like going to a country that you've never been to and headlining? Yeah, we we had no support. It, we was a straight headliner. That's awesome. And I was saying because we that, did we did Mex- yeah. Mexico and it was weird like that. Like played Mexico and a bunch of Mexican punk bands opened up for us and it was like the strangest, coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like, Mexico's punk scene's really cool. Actually, I've it is like the people did, are like, so cool. It's just Mexico, you know, like it's sketchy, like. And I'm not just saying that, like, the guy picked us up in San Diego. We were, He came across the border with us to book the show. And we got to Mexico, and he, like, was like, here's the street, here's the venue. You can walk up and down the street. Like, you're fine. There's police and tourists. Don't leave the street. He was Damn. just, like, straight up, like, don't leave the street. Don't wander off. Because, you know, like, people legitimately kidnap people there and kill them. <laughs> like, that's normal and rob them. Yeah, Which that's is, fucking terrifying. Yeah, how many places that's in Japan new. are there to play? How many days did you do? Well, the main island has like yeah nine or ten markets. We did eight on the mainland, and then there's islands surrounding Japan that also are like pretty profitable markets to play that you can take a ferry to for pretty cheap. Um, so I don't know. I would say around like sixteen to seventeen, like you know legitimate markets to play at in Japan and we did we we never left the mainland so we did 10 days in Japan two were travel days so we played eight shows that's awesome that's yeah it was, it was really cool that's interesting to me because I've never been to Japan I would love to go to Japan because my friend Matt that you know but he went to Japan yeah. recently and he texted me a picture of a three-story arcade yeah America why are you fucking oh, up yeah. so bad like they're into stuff, yeah, the, and the manga influence and a lot of, like, their artwork is, like, crazy now. Like, crazy. Like, in America... You'll see just billboards for, like, stores, like, random stores and all that crazy, well, like, these crazily drawn, like, anime characters all over them. It's wild. Plus it's, like, such a big, like, part of the culture. It's, like, super ingrained into it. It's Plus, crazy. there's vending machines where you can buy used panties. Is that real? Yeah. I... I, yeah, I did. I've heard about that, like on the internet. I'm not sure if that's like a real thing. It is. I, I believe it. Yeah, it, I definitely yeah. believe it. It is the Akihabara district. Like you can get. That's like there's a bunch of. them. I'm gonna there. start a vending machine where you can buy my used boxers. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's gonna really <laughs> love that. They have they yep. have crazy vending machines there that will make you hot chocolate and like fresh coffee with cream and sugar. I was actually gonna say uh, this year I was in Vegas, and even in Vegas, have you seen these? They have these vending machines. That you can buy artwork out of, and you don't know what you're wow, gonna get. Like, you like put in five bucks and you get a piece of art. It's crazy. The computer makes that's it. That's awesome. No, like it's like someone had made oh. the art, and it's in the vending machine, and you put your money in, and it comes out. I also saw that's a vending machine yeah. where you can buy iPods and iPads, and that just made me want to kill myself. Oh, the the yeah, Apple, the big Apple vending machine. Yeah, I've seen that. but that's what I'm saying is how bad America is fucking up. Is in America. We have tanks driving down streets in cities and arresting and shooting people for no reason. And in Japan, they have three-story arcades. Come on now. <laughs> oh, man. How do you I kind of f- feel. What? I kind of feel you on that, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, America is so <laughs> fucked right now. And it's funny because I feel like, not to get too political... But I just feel like it's funny people keep on saying, well, we're still like the best country in the world, the most free, and this and that. And I'm like, are we really? Yeah. 
Like, I don't know, but I feel like we? a lot. Yeah, people are just—it's <laughs> one of those things where like people are just truly forced that hard enough for them to totally believe it. That's just kind of scary to me. How did you feel about the whole Ferguson incident? Because Justin and I have talked about it. But how did that's, you? That's yeah. I was I was pretty outspoken about it. If anybody like you know followed me on any sort of social media, I was very kept up on the whole situation. We were actually driving the second week of the pro, or like the the last half of the first week and the second half of the week of the protest we were driving back from California and I had nothing to do but sit there and like kind of keep up to date, like on what was going on just via Twitter. And I did the same thing. I actually started following people that lived in Ferguson that were uh, live live tweeting. People who were promoting it under the hashtag and stuff like that. I was following this. I was trying my best to to stay updated on it. It was just like terrifying to me. It was infuriating. Like I was confused as to why people were acting the way they were. And like, it was just really and pe- people are still there right now, like getting arrested like this second. It's, it's, yeah, I have a friend who, uh, a, a person I'm friends with on Facebook that I met through like playing music is actually going down from where he lives to Ferguson to protest like, and be a part of what's going on down there. And I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty dedicated, pretty, pretty cool to be doing something like that. Yeah, I just think... Like, and to, and I th- to think that it's still going on, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. But I, I'm glad that it's still going on because it shows that people still care. I mean, it's important. Like, it, it's one of those things where you see it all the time on newscasts. And, you know, five days later, people don't care anymore. People don't want to talk about it. People want to talk about the next thing. Well, I think right. it's such like a heated... Yeah, for sure. It's it such a heated conversation. I mean, Justin and I talk about it a lot. But I think we're just yeah. at a point where people in America are finally past the point of being like... Well, most cops are good. There's just a few bad ones, and we're starting to realize like that might not be true. Yeah, that's not necessarily actually a fact at all. Yeah. Is think, it actually yeah, it's, it's, most cops might actually be pretty bad, and there might be a few good cops. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like yeah. they they found like tons and tons of like evidence of like you know police abuse just in Ferguson after you know they fell under scrutiny. Like people went and looked at these things and like found a bunch of you know evidence of police brutality and just bullshit like that that, you know, wasn't brought to this kind of attention. And it should have been. Yeah. If you even look at the stats in Ferguson, like facts, because we turn out to talk about, like, conspiracy stuff because you never know. But Absolutely. Factual. In Ferguson, it was something like 94 white officers, three black officers, and then the 94 white officers had pulled over, like, 600% more black people than white people. And like yeah. just all these and then there was a there was a news story about somebody in Ferguson who somebody in Ferguson who like got pulled over for the wrong reason was like the wrong like completely wrong suspect. Right. And was brought into jail and like beaten and then charged for getting his blood on like the officer's clothing, even yeah. though I saw that. And that's I think what we're realizing is that like it is a racist. And that issue. was only I mean, that was in Ferguson. Like, that, that is one microbe of, like, the police department in America. Right. And that's just it. I, I think we're realizing, like, it is a race issue, obviously. But even past a race issue, like, it's a police issue. Well, like, it's a societal issue. It's, it's not It's even, societal. Yeah. And, like, uh, Hamilton is a county where me and Justin live in, and they just got, like, a tank. Yeah. A tank. Yeah, he knows yeah. why. <laughs> like, it's like those, those military the fu- surplus tanks that they're like giving away to like local PD that don't need. And like, period. you could even call me a crazy person, but I like when I saw the tank thing, I was like, 
what are you about to start doing around our parts here, like Ferguson? You know what I mean? Because like, they're scared, like like <laughs> like the police departments and stuff are honestly scared, like people are going to mobilize against them at some point. And this is the thing: there's an easy way to stop that from happening. Stop doing stupid. shit. I was going to say, like, stop being threatening. Stop, as much as know. people want to completely hate me for saying this, when you just said people, they're afraid people might start mobilizing against the police. Maybe they should. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say an armed insurrection is a good idea. What I'm saying is that, like, the main problem that you have over the years is that police departments used to be a thing where people in the community work for them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, people Well, because the police technically work for us. Well, no, I'm saying is the people who who were police officers lived in the communities that they policed. Right. So they had a vested interest in being nice to the other people there and trying to resolve problems before they got out of hand right well now police right. officers go wherever they are needed or wherever they want to and they live wherever they want to so they don't see the people in those neighborhoods as people they see them as problems well not only that is, that is you have mr fancy nice suburbs white cop right policing like the poor black district yeah, that's exactly what i'm talking Putting about down, yeah, exactly and then so he sees these people and immediately racistly obviously is like criminals so if you see somebody walking with their hands in their pockets it's you know it's like why are your hands in your pockets and it's like that's so wrong and fucked up right and i mean the sad thing is is like the point's been made before as far as the race issue goes that the reason why like you see white cops and you even see black cops shoot black kids all the time and kill them and it doesn't matter and never it doesn't amount to fucking anything usually is because if a black cop shot a white kid for the same reasons, you would never hear the fucking end of it from every fucking pundit in the fucking world that's white uh, and privileged. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's sure. the point is like is like they won't like when black people won't put up with something, it's it's just swept under the rug. Right. When white people won't put up with something for some reason, all of a sudden everybody has to do something about well, it's it. It's because I think a lot of people act like our country's not so racist, but it's so fucking racist. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's insane. It's just, like, it's so unequal in every way. Like, yeah. You know. but. What's, that, what's that noise in the background, Brandon? I don't know. Uh, it might be somebody talking at the front of the van. Maybe you're picking it up on, like, I, I'm doing this through, like, an iPhone microphone. Well, are, wait, yeah. are, you, are you in the van right now? I am, I swear to God. Oh. Wait, you are? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, like, the back bench, though, and they're all the way up front. You guys don't have a tour bus? Fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, Bam Margera has a tour bus. Bam Margera's got a tour <laughs> bus with 14 people doing heroin? What are you doing? Oh, my God. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> everybody, I think everybody's just listening to uh, Job for a Cowboy and kind of freaking out. Job for a Cowboy? Yeah. Why the fuck are you listening to that like, shit? <laughs> that, that band is terrible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> that band sucks, Brandon. I, I, it wasn't my choice, man. Now, there's not many bands that will talk any shit about any other bands on our podcast because people are little pansies. Next week, we have Nuno from A Will Home Scream, and I know he'll talk oh, some God. shit, which will be great. So here's my That's question for you, and you have to answer this question. Uh-huh. On the tour that you're on right now of the Pure Noise Tour, <laughs> if someone was going to do heroin first, who would it be? Oh my god. <laughs> That's fucked up, yeah. <laughs> um Yo, brigades. It's gonna be brigades. What? I said it's gonna be brigades. 
Is what? Brigades. Like, the band. Brigades. Brigades. Oh. They the would band. Do, Brigades. The whole band? See, no, They're you're fucked just, up. <laughs> I actually just asked for no. one person. You just named a whole band that's going to do heroin. I didn't tell you which person, but I did tell you Purdue. Okay, fair enough. I feel like that's good enough. No. I hope they hear this. Are you going to go buy a balloon of heroin and throw it in their van and just see what happens? <laughs> I don't know where I would buy that at all. I Whoa. feel like... We're well, going to Minneapolis, yeah, right? I feel like in Minneapolis, you won't have any fucking problem finding <laughs> Oh God! I'll, I'll text All you. Right, some, I'll text you some contacts. You don't have to worry about it. We'll, Thanks, we'll take... Yeah, no, yeah. We'll do it off the table. <laughs> Heroin's cheap, Brandon. What? Up? Heroin's cheap. Don't worry. Cheap. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. That explains like why people like it so much. That kind of sucks. I've always been under the impression, not that I've done any of it, that heroin and meth are cheap and cocaine's expensive, right? Yeah, is that right? For I think the most part, I mean, I think even that's cocaine's right. pretty inexpensive I, comparatively. I have no idea, but that sounds right to me. Brandon, you're straight edge, correct? Uh, I am not. You're no. not. I, I when you met me, I was because I was I, I was fresh off the edge train at 17. I claimed that I was like 16, uh, stuck with it for a while until I turned around 18, and then I. Uh, I gave up on it because it wasn't really, it wasn't really, I don't know. I don't know why I ever did it really. Um, It wasn't really something that like ever really bought, like drinking and smoking and whatever never really bothered me. Um, Right. I think it was just had a lot to do with like coming up in the music scene that was at the time. It was like a popular thing. I'm in the same same spot as you. I understand. You're, you're completely right. Yeah. And like, and that's fine. Like I'll own up to that any day. And that's, doesn't bother me, but um, yeah. So I think that's that's why. And then when I went to Europe for the first time, I knew I was able to legally drink, and I wasn't going to be able to do it for another, you know, four years if I didn't do it then. So I I gave it a shot. I didn't dislike it. So right. I uh, just kind of dropped the label, and I don't, I don't think anybody gives a shit, which is kind of cool. Would you say that it's true that when you turned eighteen, I took a naked photo in your bedroom? That's absolutely true, actually. <laughs> Um, Justin is giving me a look right now. Justin. Your entire your entire band took a naked photo in my bedroom. Yes, we did. That along was with awesome. along I, with a few I had other a people. Lot of pictures. I had a lot of people sleeping in my bed naked that night. It was weird. And here's the best part. I'm going to tell you right now. Is the person that asked us to take the photo in the room was Brandon's amazing mother. Oh yeah. She asked you to get naked. She did. Uh, Karen and Vito are his parents, and they're the best, and they're great, and I love them to death. But it was like a setup thing, like for Brandon. Like we just all got naked and took pictures in his bedroom. I feel like that that was less for him than it was for her. No, no, but no. Not to make fun of your mom. There was no penis. No, there's there's no. (laughs) Hey, but your mom's a fucking pervert. No, no, there's no penises. (laughs) There was nothing wrong with it. Like it wasn't like naked. Oh, did you guys tuck? Everyone covered everything up. Do you tuck them up inside like a little vagina? But everyone was. No, I didn't do a tuck fan or anything. You could have. I. But I'm just saying, like, everything was covered up. It was just like a joke. I wish you would have walked in and been like, okay, now everybody tuck it up like you got vaginas, and then we're going to take this picture. I'm pretty sure I walked in on somebody doing it, but it was not Ryan. No, it wasn't me. I, I, I escaped you. I did good on my nakedness. Um, did you, Why are you looking at me like that? What is God. that? You're the worst. I fucking hate you. <laughs> but for real, Brandon, it's pretty cool because how old are you now? I just turned 20, like, Two months ago. Twenty. 
Yeah. So I've known you for three years. You're 20 years old. You've toured Japan. You've toured the world. And you're in a band that's doing well. How cool is that? How do you feel? There are times that I really, like, I really, really get, like, emotional. Like, not in, like, a weird way. Not in, like, a lame way. But, like, I get really stoked that I'm able to do things like this as a young man. Because, you know, I never you, you never and like I'm not saying that I wouldn't be able to put in the work to make it last. It's just like to be this young touring out of high school doing what I wanted to do like that quick has really like allowed me to learn a lot of like valuable lessons. Well, I was gonna you say know, I'm really a, even yeah, in, I'm really like appreciative. Even in mixtapes, like people told Mora she was so lucky because it was her first real band, and her and I started it, and yeah. we got to do the same thing. And she's 24, and you're still four years younger. So like, you know, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's something I think about a lot. It's something I'm really grateful I was able to do. To do. Now, um, before we finish this up, the first question is, we always like to talk about bands that people don't know about that people should listen to. Do you have any bands that you've been listening to that are uh, maybe unknown to share with the world? Um, yeah, actually, I do. Uh Recently, I've been listening to this guy, Shaky Graves, a lot. He's kind of like this bluesy, like, country guy. Um, Wait, what's it called? And Shaky Graves. Shaky Graves? Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess he was, like, a child actor. He was in, like, the third Spy Kids movie. All right. And one of my friends was like, yeah, check out the dude from Spy Kids. Like, he's in a sick, like, solo folk thing. So he put it on, like, he did, like, an audio tree session. Right. And he kind of is like a like a one man band kind of deal where he has like a you know like a kick drum and a tambourine attached to like a kick head, and he has a guitar and he sings and he plays like drums to it and it's like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like his voice is phenomenal, his guitar playing is awesome, uh, and it's something a little different for me to be listening to. It's getting me into like a lot of different kind of music. So, uh, and he just put out a new record called. Uh, the War Will Come or something. I think it's called The War Will Come. And uh, that record's awesome, too. Um, so, yeah, definitely Shaky Graves. Check that out. All right. Well, Shaky Graves, and, that's the one. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we were listening to Simon and Garfunkel, who aren't an unknown band. But who? People should listen to more Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel? Who the fuck is that? Yeah. For, I've never heard of that. I don't even know what that is. Yes, you. You guys don't know who Simon and Garfunkel are? <laughs> Well, no, I, I know who Simon and Garfunkel are, but when you say Garfunkel, it sounds like you're asking a question, so I don't know. <laughs> Garfunkel? <laughs> Gar- Simon and Garfunkel actually are fucking the jams. Yeah, they are. Actually, Paul Simon's pretty great on his own solo stuff, too. Both great, man. Okay, yeah, so. so good. Then my last question is, what is do, pe- you, do you guys feel like you're going to go on tour with Unstoppable Fuckface anytime soon? <laughs> with who? With uh, Bam Margera and the Unstoppable Fuckface anytime soon. Oh god, yeah. Um, we we played his venue like a decent amount of times. Would and uh, what's up? Would you go on tour with him? I would absolutely go on tour. Would you try I heroin? Would you try heroin one time with Bam Margera? Literally never in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> he has a venue. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? Why? Do, Where? Do you know how much money? I mean, obviously you do. Like how yeah. much money he actually made? Like, no, I know, but I always figured he's. Like, you know, snorted all up his nose. I didn't think he actually <laughs> kept any of it. I don't, I don't I mean, he snorted a lot of it, I'm sure. Yeah, enough to get his friend killed. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Anyways. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Brandon, do you regret being on the podcast right now? No, you, you guys are awesome. You guys are just dark as hell. <laughs> this is one of the least offensive ones we've probably yeah, had. Really, you've been great. Um, here's my question for you. All right. Brandon, let's, let's, be, let's be real here for a second. What the fuck was that? Is there a cow in there? What? What was that noise? <laughs> I did not hear you. You, did, you don't hear that? I didn't hear that It sounds all. like there's a cow in your van. A cow in my van? That's yeah. angry. Yeah. Or getting, like, molested. That kind of sounds like our bass player. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe that's what it, it was. Is. <laughs> So, to get real serious here and deep, yes, Brandon, why does why is pizza so associated with pop punk? Um, because it's cheap and delicious, and uh, that's the only thing that people who listen to our music can afford to eat. That's why. Good answer. I like that. That's it. It's it's you know it's for friends. It's for sharing. That's important. That's a big part of pop punk. And um, yeah, it all kind of ties together with with pizza. I hate that I just fucking said that. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the best type of pizza to share with all your pop punk friends? <laughs> cheese, because it, it you, no one is disappointed in cheese. Thank pizza. you. I completely agree with you. I've had this theory that I've 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 expe- I've espoused to people in the past, which is if you're having a pizza party, you get two types of pizza. You get cheese and you get pepperoni. Agreed. If people Absolutely. want if people want anything else, they can bring their own toppings and put it on there <laughs> because not everybody wants all the different shit on there, but everybody's always pleased with either cheese or pepperoni. No one you can't yeah, go you can wrong. Get, yeah, Actually, anybody will eat cheese slices. Right. Interesting story, interesting story for both of you. And my old band, we were called Black Tie Bombers, and we were on tour, and we were in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and we played a place called the Hell House. So picture that, and the guy goes, yeah, I got you guys all pizzas. So he had three Domino's pizzas, and they were supreme pizzas oh, no, with see? olives and peppers and everything, and we were all just like, oh, no. man, this is free, but I was like, I don't think I'm going to eat it. That's a rookie fucking mistake. Yeah, I was part. just like, I appreciate that you want to get us pizza, but why did you get a supreme pizza? Yeah, you should have sto- <laughs> you should have stolen shit out of his house to make sure he paid. For there was it. nothing to see off the house. It was wow. called the Hell House. And going downstairs, there was wooden steps, and two were missing. Oh, and oh Gre- Greg, our merch guy, set up merch on the washing machine. That's always good to. Uh, it's always good to do a show and carry your amps down that. There is a place. Do you remember the Lost Cross in uh, Carbondale, Illinois? Yes, I do. You remember how you had to load in through literally a door that was about three feet by three feet, like yeah, a square. Yeah. You couldn't, and it had, it had steps, but there were four steps missing. And two of those steps were from the driveway into that square. <laughs> so you had to step across this like four foot chasm just to try and get your amps and stuff in there. Not possible. No, it was the most awful place. It was a great place to play, but terrible place. Yeah. That is, that is my nightmare. Yeah. The floor was also made of dirt. So it was muddy. Like the inside of a house was muddy. It was just true. Oh. All right, last question, Brandon. Are you ready? Yes. Is Lagwagon better than every single band you're on tour with right now? Yes. Correct. Good answer. <laughs> yes, they uh, are. Yeah, well done. You the Did you hear the two singles they just put out? What'd you say? Did you hear the two singles they just put out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're great. I think they're great. So good. <laughs> we had Joey Joey Cape on the podcast. Did you listen to it? 
No, I never. I haven't listened. Was that early on? You yeah. should. It was that uh, we had him recently, and yeah, it was awesome. Like a month and a half ago. Oh, yeah. oh I definitely got to check that out. That's awesome. So for people who don't know who Lagwagon is, look up Lagwagon because you're missing out on a band that's better than most things you're probably listening to. Absolutely. Um, So, all right, well, Brandon, thank you very much for coming in today. Did you have anything you wanted to tell people? Did you have anything you wanted to tell to listen to or plug or how how much longer is your tour? Tell people. Well, the tour is uh, it's still another four weeks long, so. uh, all the tickets and, you know, anything, that, any information you need is going to be on purenoisetour.net. Um, purenoisetour.net. So yeah, if you want to stop and check that out. And then, um, you know, just thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I've always wanted to be on this podcast. I've been listening to it for a while, so you guys rule. Well, you rule too, Brandon, and we're going to have you on again. And you guys have a safe trip and have a good show in Minneapolis. Uh, thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. See you, buddy. That was a good yeah, guest. That was really good. He's a good guy. Brandon's a great guy. Check out the Pure Noise tour. Go see some pop punk. Check out handguns and the and uh, future pizza. heroin addicts brigades. Uh, <laughs> get some pizza. Yeah, Go see get, a pop punk show. Get some pizza. Tumblr some cats. Get some stuff. Hook it up. <laughs> have we told that story on here? Uh, yeah, I think I feel like we have. I don't know if we have because we haven't. I really want to. <laughs> Well, okay, real quick. I don't know if we have, but if you're a new listener, we had a friend once in high school, and he uh, he came over once, and he had a bunch of edible marijuana brownies, Yeah, and he ate all of them. Because like, he's an idiot. You're only supposed to eat like yeah. one or two. You're actually he, only supposed to eat about half of one. And he ate like six or eight of them, Yeah, and he got super high. So we're sitting in the kitchen of my parents' house. Literally no, did not know where he was most of the time he was over. Like, he yeah. would fade in and out of like knowing what was going on, and then just like off in his own Right, whatever. so we like, my parents were out of town, and we're sitting in the kitchen, and I remember he just goes, guys. And we're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, we got to get some stuff and hook it up. And we're like, what? He's like, we just got to get some stuff, and we got to hook it up. So then <laughs> we were like, we, we don't know, yeah, what, that we don't know means. what that means. But then, so we went, we like walked away or whatever. We went downstairs, and he was still upstairs. We came back upstairs, and he was in the kitchen with a chair, an empty water bottle, and a power cord. And he put them together, and he and we we're like, what are you doing? He's like, look, it looks like a pig. It was like one of those big water cooler bottles. Yeah. And he stuck the the end of it through the back of the chair. So it had like a nose kind of. <laughs> he said it looks like a Yeah, pig. he had put the uh, power cord on the back of it so it looked like kind of like a tail. <laughs> but really all he did was just pa- pile it on top of it. It wasn't like he spun it around or anything. So I guess he got some stuff and he hooked it up. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, if the guy said he was going to do something, he did it. You know, more power to him. He got some stuff and he hooked it up. He made a pig, <laughs> apparently. So... Good, good for that. Um, let's do some questions. Okay. So this, uh, the guy who wrote in last week when we were talking about the whole Zoe Quinn thing, wrote in again, which, I mean, I'm glad because I didn't, like, I didn't think we were being mean to him or anything like that. I didn't and, think so. No. Uh, he said this is the guy who sent the Zoe Quinn message. In my message, I wasn't trying to bless his actions. I was repeating his stated reasons for doing it. I don't think I agree with what he did, but after reading his long blog post about it, I can sympathize, even though I didn't agree. Also, he's vocally opposed to harassment. He's not a bad guy from what I can tell. He just thinks very differently from you and I. To him, the actions were justified. To reiterate, I'm not saying I agree with him, though. Also, I saw the Zoe Quinn cracked article and skimmed it, but my brain's oversaturated with this Gamergate bullshit, which is what they called it. 
Um, <clears throat> so I couldn't bring myself to read it in depth. However, I know for a fact, the real kind of fact that they, that I guess the, the pictures were for a website because I've seen the pictures and I've seen an intro video to the photo gallery. She, she introduced herself and names the site in the video. Side note, not proud of looking at that shit, but at least, uh, but at one point I got a little obsessed with the Gamergate stuff. If she actually said those pictures were private, that comes off as a little suspicious to me. Anyway, I just wanted to clear that stuff up and explain that I didn't mean I agree with her ex-boyfriend uh, privacy violation. You both continue to be awesome. Red Red paint on the dance floor is his name, and I, I that's fair. Yeah, and I think that's, that's fair. fair metered response. My only thing is, is that the only thing I'll say about it is the reason I don't agree with him or his rationale for it is that if you break up with somebody. It's your guy's business and nobody else. Unless the person that is going to go out with them is somebody you know personally and you want to just be like, hey, man, you know, whatever. Even then, you probably shouldn't because that's – you just seem like an asshole. Man. I was say, actually, everything he just wrote in, I agree with. Yeah. But my main thing comes down to don't share people's naked pictures online. If it was for a website and all that, then just let the website put it up. Yeah. Like – why? Well, why are you posting it? The other thing is, is that like okay, it makes you seem like a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and my other thing is, is that like I understand he he may have come out and vocally opposed the harassment, but the problem is, is that that to me is the same as like you you went out and you shot four people and then you went, but I'm against guns. I don't believe in them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it just seems. What stupid. it seems like, like is that he fucked up. Somebody told him he fucked up, and he realized he had to apologize. Yeah. That being said, everything you just typed in, I do agree with. Like, it's not the same as like the leaked nude photos of all the celebrities and like the hackers. Yeah. Like, it's not the same thing at all. No. But it's just more or less, if you have naked pictures and you don't want them on the internet, no one should be putting them on the internet. Right. And I mean, and like we said, did... like like we said last week, people, the f- dumb fucks that say things like, "Well, don't take them if you don't on the internet." Then okay, don't drive if you don't want to get in a car wreck. Yeah. Because that's a fucking stupid, stupid thing yeah, to say. There's no equivocation for it. It's just things that people say because they want to be, like, they want to troll for, you know, just to be obnoxious and uh, irrational for the sake of doing it because they think that for some reason that makes them right. And it doesn't. And if it was for a website, you're right. Like, just let the website put it up. And I understand also, like, being obsessed with things and, like, looking into it and stuff like he was saying that he did. And, um... There's a bug flying around your head. There is right a now. bug flying around weird. my head. You should probably like I'm about to fuck it. I mean, if you can, that's impressive. Micro penis. <laughs> but well, no, both in the next five years. See, I won't have to worry yeah, about that. I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I agree with everything that he wrote in, and I appreciate him writing in. And you know, I appreciate the fact that like the people who listen to our podcast are, are adults about things for the most Agreed. part. Agreed. Like, all the messages we get from you guys are great because. They're never stupid. No. Like, they're people that actually... No, you actually have, like, put thought into things, and we really appreciate it a lot. Um, this guy wrote in a, a funny thing, though, for us. Okay. Uh, you remember back... Like, I mean, this is a while ago, when we were talking about that art show that you saw at the Wonder Root? Oh, I remember the art show. Yeah. This guy wrote in uh, Floyd. He goes by OS2 Warp on, uh, on uh, Tumblr. Wrote, I know you had a good time talking about the dumb art thing at Wonder Root on an earlier show, show, so I thought I'd send you a picture of the latest dumb art thing at Wonder Root. And you sent us a picture, so look at this picture. <laughs> That's not fucking <laughs> this art! Is what he says, 
He says, if you can't tell, it's a jar full of cotton balls with a ribbon tied around it on a pedestal in the middle of an otherwise empty room. Hooray for art. Looking good, feeling good. <laughs> Thank you. Man, for... modern art is something I will never understand. No. Uh, it's like I said. Did I? I think I told you about it, but like when we were on tour with Dear Landlord, we played in Pittsburgh, and somebody drew a picture of like the moonlight and a fence, and then they took like a real chain link fence and glued it over the picture, and we're selling it for $800. What? I don't know. No, and you're right. I don't get modern art. Actually, this is funny. Uh, Like two, I think two weeks ago maybe, there was this art festival down the street from my house, like in Hyde Park, which is, as we talked about, a very affluent area. They, They, like, it was Sunday. They had shut off, like, the entire downtown part of Hyde Park and, like, uh, like, it was just booth after booth set up of all this shit. Oh, right? good. <laughs> was that awesome? <laughs> well, yeah, if you really want to see a bunch of fucking yuppies express themselves. Right. <laughs> um, this is, like, there were a couple of, like, cool things. There was, like, one... There, there were a couple of, like, uh, different booths where I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this person has an art style that is interesting, and I like what they're doing. There were, like... There were like 50 or 60 booths there <laughs> out of all of those, maybe three of them or something I like to look at. One of them was like this dude gets like antique furniture and builds robots with nipples out of it. <laughs> and I was like, we walked in and I was like, I was like, well, I guess it's kind of neat ish. Like it's not like something I care about, but at least like he put some work into it. And I looked at it and he was selling for like $1,500, $2,500. And I was like, no, all you did was take a table and an old like scale from a kitchen and like some light bulbs and like a couple of like kitchen appliances and fashioned a face and put the light bulbs where nipples would be and you just made that <laughs> and called it art. If you walked into that booth, you could stare at it and be like, oh, I know how to make this in two seconds. I could make right. this myself if I was really that into it. Uh, and then there was like another one. That was literally, this is all it was. This girl even told me what she did. She's like, she's like, oh, I, you know, I, I like to walk, uh, I like to walk down by the river and I, I like to pick up uh, wood from the river. And then she doesn't like finish the wood or sand it or do anything. All she does is take the wood, let it dry out and then drill holes and put like, uh, like glass cylinders you can put tea candles in inside of it so you can put it as like a centerpiece on a table. Now, this is my thing. Fine. If that's what you want to do, great. That's how you express yourself. Wonderful. You're going to give somebody termites. Right. Because right. you didn't finish the wood or lacquer it or anything like that. It's just a piece of wood that dried out. And if there's one thing that termites love, it's waterlogged wood that dried out. You fucking idiot. Especially if you put a bit of candles in it that smell good to insects because they all fucking fly around that shit. Like, plus, yet again, another thing. All I need is just a fucking drill with a, like a big, you know, bit on it that like does like wood cutting. I could make that in two seconds. And she's selling it for like $175. And it's like, <sighs> I get it because of where we were that that is an amount of money someone there would pay for something like that. Similar story. I have a good one for you, actually. Well, hold on. One last thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There's a woman who undeniably had an immense amount of talent at painting. Like, really good painter. Right. Could clearly paint, like, realistically people as much as she wanted to. 
she was trying to sell portraits of local people, but not people that anyone would know. <laughs> she had like, so in Cincinnati, like we don't like, it isn't like in New York and stuff where like the borough presidents are names like that you would know if you lived in new york no yeah like in cincinnati we have a couple of people but they're all in like city council and stuff and there's only a couple of them that anybody really knows like jim tarbo because he's a big personality and like maybe the mayor sometimes if like it's a mayor that like has been around a while i think the mayor of cincinnati is only famous because he was on uh undercover boss probably <laughs> yeah which he was yeah, actually most likely <laughs> yeah. uh or when it was jerry springer well jerry springer is a who whole- who was no who was no longer mayor because he wrote a check to a prostitute. <laughs> anyway, and you can look that up. Like you know, everybody knows who Jerry Springer is. Look up why he's not the mayor of Cincinnati anymore. Yeah, Jerry Springer's show started. I mean, he's yeah, he was a mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. And now and, and he is he was not the mayor anymore because he wrote a check to a prostitute. <laughs> and then he got famous yeah. for doing um test to see if you were the daddy or not well what's also funny about that is if you remember back when his show first came out i mean this is a long time ago it was like a real show it was like a real talk show like where he had like real things like he had like he was one of the first people to go like have like an expose about homeless kids like people who were under the age of 18 that were homeless that had like gay kids who had aids on the street like he was the one of the first people to do that and then all of a sudden he turned into well, that doesn't really bring in the ratings. So what we're gonna do is just have uh, where the KKK member got the black girl pregnant, and right. now the mom is mad at him, or whatever. And the best part is, then they started having fights. Yeah, on then, the show, and they encouraged it. So then they got a security guard named Steve. Yeah, and then Steve got his own show. Where do it you was remember that? Just fights. Or it was just people literally like, well, "You fuck my best friend's girlfriend," and this and that, and then Steve, Steve Wilco. Uh, uh, can, but, we get, can we get him on the podcast? I guarantee it. Oh, God, I would be so interested to talk to him. <laughs> I would really, uh, really like to. So this lady who was painting, she was really good at it. All of her paintings were like $1,500. All of them of people that I don't know. Like one of them was a painting of the mayor of Marymount. Okay. Marymount, Marymount is, is a subdivision yeah, in Cincinnati. It's a, a suburb of Cincinnati that stretches for about... Mm, I'm going to say like 10 square blocks. <laughs> Literally. That it's it was, really rich. It was modeled. It was yeah, it's super rich. It was modeled after English, uh, like, like British, um, like Hamlets, like those types of like small towns in Britain that are very nice looking and have small alleyways and like where everybody lives and everybody knows each other and stuff. And then there's a the middle part where like all the commerce takes place. Right. Fine. Who the fuck is the mayor of Marymount? And how, like, why would I want this old man? Why does Marymount have a mayor? Yeah. What does he do? Him? He sits around and goes, Well, we have more money this week than we did last week. And there's been no black people reported in the city limits. So I guess we're just going to go ahead and be okay with that. Like, it's a horrible, like, Marymount's a beautiful place. It is a horrible place, though. Just don't drive through there if you're a minority of any sort because they're they don't take kindly to it. No, they don't like it. They don't like it if you're not if you're not white and rich. White and rich. Yeah. Um. So my story. Yeah. Has to do. Damn it! I think I forget my story. Hold on. I had to do with art. So I'm making something and selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's usually. 
Fuck, I can't remember it now. This uh, another woman drew like these like old like fifties looking paintings like or like not fifties actually like twenties. You know those murals you'll see of like like in a city somewhere like in the center of a city or like in a building that's important to the city like a mural that like shows like the 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 things that they've contributed to society. Right. So like you'll go to like Pittsburgh and you'll see like a dude and then there's like steel and all this shit around him and it's like it's really pretty looking and like colorful like mosaic type thing this woman was just like painting like okay versions of those about cities in ohio and the one that she had like displayed the biggest of all of them was dayton now i don't have anything against dayton dayton's fine no no whatever you know what dayton's not fine uh uh, ryan it's called the gem city thank you (laughs) dayton for anybody that doesn't know, is a city that's about 20 miles north of yeah. Cincinnati. Basically, almost a double city. Yeah. Like, it's part of Cincinnati. Might as well be as far as the sprawl of Cincinnati. I mean, there. you can drive 20 minutes north of Cincinnati and be in Dayton. Well, it's, I mean, it's more like 45, but. Is it like 45? Yeah, it's about 45. I used to be in a band from Day- in Dayton, and I used to drive there. And it was about 40 minutes. And we were called X Never Again X. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, Was it X Never X Again X? No, it was just X Never Again X. That's upsetting. I was really hoping for that that triple X in there. The triple X would always be good. You get some Vin Diesel, and he's got a big one. He doesn't need that penis. He doesn't need that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need the enhancement. Oh, you don't know. We don't need to talk about my love of Vin Diesel at all. Excuse me? It's well documented. I love Vin. Unabashedly, I think he's one of the greatest people to live currently. Now, hold on. Well-documented? What do you mean? Like, I've talked about it in many social media places. You could probably look it up online if you wanted to, places I've talked about it. What do you say exactly? No, I just like him. I think he's an interesting man. And no, I think, I think Vin Diesel's cool. awesome, and he's been in a lot of good movies. And I think he's Knock cool. Around Guys is very underrated. It is. I agree. I, I think... And As is Pitch Black. Yeah. As is Triple X. Yeah. As is Triple X 2 with Ice Cube. Well, we'll see. I mean, time will tell if that's appreciated in its own way or not. And I'm going to go home right after this podcast. And I'm going to watch Dead Snow 2 on demand. Oh, yeah. I saw that was up there. <laughs> no, Which, I'm just, If anybody uh, doesn't know, it's a movie about Nazi zombies. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, the snow, attacking people for some reason. It made a bunch of money for whatever reason through its cult status enough that they made a second one. And it's actually supposed to be pretty good. So, And that's just what's funny is the first one actually sucks. I hated it. But the second one, I read enough reviews of people being like, they actually stepped it up and made a really good movie. Yeah. And I saw it was on demand the other night. And me and our friend Chris were sitting there hanging out. We're like, should we watch this? We have to pay for on demand, you know? And then Don't Be a Menace is on Netflix. So that's free. I mean, not free, but you're, but not, it's Netflix. you're playing for Netflix. Yeah. So we watched Don't Be a Menace. But Dead Snow 2 was very tempting. And I'm going to watch it tonight. And I wish Tusk was on demand. I'm sure it will be soon. But Which, do you want to see Tusk? Are you interested? Yeah, actually, let's talk about that. Somebody wrote in about it. Hold oh, on did they? Yeah, I would like to talk about uh, Tusk, actually. I have a lot of things to say. Let's see. Where's that? Uh, 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 uh. Well, I don't know where it went. Oh, here we are. Hey, uh, X Jazz Mataz X said... Hey guys, in one of the last few episodes, you guys were talking about movies you were excited for. I was wondering if either of you knew about Kevin Smith's new horror film, Tusk. If not, it's based on a true story about a man who puts out a, a Craigslist ad with a room for rent, but the stipulation is the tenant has to wear his homemade walrus suit for a certain period of time each night. 
I'm pretty sure you guys said you were big Clerks fans. Just wondering what you thought about this. Uh, hashtag LGFG Ian. Um, it's funny because will, will, will you finally accept looking good, feeling good? No, I will not. Why will you not? It. Why will you not accept it? I am anti that movement. So many people, and myself care. included. I don't care. I got the red hat. I don't. No, you don't anymore. I deserved it. Because once I moved, I destroyed it. Did you really? No, I just left it there. It probably is in the trash now. You are an asshole. Yeah, probably. That hat made me look good and feel good. Uh, Ryan, it's Halloween time. You can go to any of those spirit stores around here and buy one for a dollar fifty. Good, get ready for next week. <laughs> you ready? No, Tusk. I've been aware of for a long time. Actually, um, I follow Kevin Smith's blogs and stuff. Well, he also when he was you listen to the it. episode where they came up with the idea. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, I do want to see it. I don't know how much I actually care about it. But I'll always support whatever he does because... See, I... It's not a hype thing. I like Kevin Smith a lot. Yeah. The only Kevin Smith movie, which maybe is strange that I don't think is awesome, is Zack and Mary Makes a Porno, which is okay. Which is weird because it's one of my favorite ones. Is it? Yeah. See, I think it's okay. I think, I think it's only just my fi- one of my favorite ones because of the part where... Um, oh, what's his name? Tyler, whatever. He walks in while they're filming it and he's super drunk. And he walks up and he's asking them if they saw the Steelers game that night. Uh, and then they're like, no. And he just starts going, Roethlisberger was just, Roethlisberger was like, hook it, chuck it, football. <laughs> and like, it's one of the funniest moments of any movie. Yeah, It's, it's not my favorite. Kevin Smith's not my, one of my favorite movies by any stretch. I don't even know my favorite Kevin Smith movie, man. I, it'd be I'm going to go with Clerks 2. Clerks or Clerks 2, equal. Dogma was amazing. Yeah. Chasing Amy was amazing. Yeah. Jersey Girl was underrated because it was a good movie. Yeah. And the only reason Jersey Girl didn't do good was because that fucking Geely and the Ben Affleck and J Lo thing. Yeah. It, the thing about the thing about Jersey Girl is like George like Carlin in that longer, movie was amazing. Yeah. I feel like the longer, the further away people get from that, the more appreciated that movie will be because it still is a really good look at that type of thing. It's a you great movie. I mean? It's like, a great movie. And Red State was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was great. I like that movie a lot. So Tusk, I, I'm excited to see. I've not yeah. seen it yet. I'm just not like, I, I just, like, it's not my, like, horror is not the genre that I care about. So I don't. See, I like horror. It doesn't make a difference. My weird me. thing is what I do is I get on Netflix late at night by myself. Oh, this is your weird thing? Just this thing? Well, I have a lot of weird things. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, name another one. Can you? <sighs> Prison Train? <laughs> That's not weird. Yeah, I would say it's a little weird. I get in the shower. I used to. This is when I was a kid. It wasn't when you were a kid. No. <laughs> you were well was... in your 20s when you would do this. And I would mix like shampoos and soaps and water and colors together to make mixed drinks and pretend I was on the prison train and I was the bartender and had to serve people. Yeah, but who was it that had to save you? No one. Yeah, your dog had to save you. Had to ju- you were trying to get them to jump in the bathtub with you to save you from the prison train. <laughs> While you were just naked. You're just standing around naked making shampoo cocktails. Okay, so that's one other weird thing. Battle sim. <laughs> Wherein Ryan would get naked... Put himself underneath of a cover, 
make noise until his dog took notice and came in and scratched him up. <laughs> That's literally what you told me until he scratched you up. While you are naked. That's a lie. That's not a lie. <laughs> None of that is true. That is completely true. None of that is true. I will call seven people right now that can confirm that that is true. Who? Lauren, <laughs> Chris Blair, Ryan Whitcomb, uh, <laughs> any number of fucking people I could go through this list. Okay, really well, there's to. two weird Josh things. Condon for sure. There's, I know. there's two things. That's only two. There's not, way more. No, there's not. There's none. The fact that you can't run full speed through any type of atmosphere that has water in it without cutting yourself inexplicably. I do get injuries that don't make sense. That's true. Yeah. You cut yourself on rain one time. <laughs> no, and not I... like hard rain, like just a <laughs> sprinkle in the atmosphere. Listen, okay, so my weird thing. Okay. <coughs> at night. It's not even weird, actually. But I've developed recently over the past few years is at night, at like 1 o'clock in the morning, I just sit by myself on Netflix on my computer and watch bad horror movies. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. It's not weird. That's what I mean. I'm sure people do it. And I've developed a taste for appreciating, like, even if a movie's not good, just watching horror movies for being a horror movie. Like, there was a movie, I don't remember the name of it, somebody listening probably will. It was like, you know, like, in big cities or bad parts of town or whatever, there'll be ATMs that are actually, you have to open a door and it's bulletproof glass. Mm. And then it closes and locks so yeah. you can get your money out and no one can come in until you're done. Yeah, you have to put you have to slide your card and put your code in first before it opens the door. And then, right. Yeah. It was two girls and a guy, and they were together, oh, and they yeah. walk in there. Was there a pizza place involved? <laughs> I hate you. Oh, sorry, that was two guys and a girl. Sorry. <laughs> it, was two, it was two girls and a guy, and they went into the ATM thing, and then all of a sudden, for no reason... A guy appears outside with an axe watching them like like he wants to kill them. What? And the whole movie revolves around that. And I watched the entire thing on Netflix. It wasn't good. But this is my question about that is, like, why would they care? They could just stand there all night and be like, well, I guess this guy's not leaving. Exactly. But that's the thing. We talked about horror movies uh, last night at my house. Also, every single fucking ATM I've ever been to has a panic button that you can press. Here's the thing. I realized it. We talked about it last night at my house. The thing with horror movies is they can never be fully realistic because if any horror movie was realistic, it couldn't exist. And I use The Strangers as an example because I like The Strangers. I thought it was a cool movie. If you haven't seen it, The Strangers is about this couple that goes to this cabin for a retreat and these people show up. It's a home invasion movie and they show up to kill them. Yeah. There's a part in the movie or in the middle of the night where the guy gets to a point where he has a shotgun He's in the corner of the room in the house where there's no other way anyone could get to him except coming through the door in that room. Yeah. So his vantage point is literally perfect. No one could hurt him. If someone starts to walk through that door, he's going to shoot them. But then after a while, he just gets bored and gets up and goes back outside. In real life... No one would fucking do that. No. You in would real sit there life, until the morning yeah. and call the cops. And even and then, in real life, you would not move from that spot. Fuck no, you ever. wouldn't. Fuck no. Like, I have guns at my house. If someone was breaking in, I would corner myself in my bedroom. The second you open that door, you're dead. So, like, and if you don't eat the, fry, the bucket of fries. Well, that's true, too. You're also dead. But that's what I've realized in horror movies. It can't be that realistic because 
if you had horror movies where people acted how they really would, you wouldn't have a movie. So, of course, in the movie I'm talking about, at some point, the guy with the axe is standing there, and the guy goes, I'm going to make a run for it. I can get to the car. Which no one would do in real life. No, why would You'll you You'll wait for bother? the police. Exactly. What? So, was this, when was this movie set? Uh, recently. So, why didn't they just pull their cell phones out? Exactly. So the guy runs for the car. The guy like chops him or whatever. Like he kills him. And like he tries to run his car into it. I don't remember exactly. I'm just saying like that's in horror movies. I've just come to accept when I'm watching on Netflix late at night. I'm just watching them for entertainment. I think that's my biggest problem is like I can't. I mean, I'll accept a lot of like unrealistic shit, but horror movies. Well, I also just don't like them. What's like the whole scream thing? It's like a guy breaks in your house with a knife and you run upstairs. Yeah. No one in real life would do that. No, you Why run the fuck would you run the upstairs? Nearest exit. <laughs> That's just it. like I mean in real life if someone was really trying to kill you, no one would respond like they do in horror movies. No. I mean most likely there would not be much struggle. If somebody wanted to kill you, they're either going to do it or you're going to kill you're them. Get away or kill them. Yeah. And that's it. That's just it. It's like if you have guns in your house, which in these horror movies, like in The Strangers, he had gun. But he still was like, I got to go outside and see what's going on. No one, it's like that manly man. Th- no one acts like that in real life. Yeah. But then again, I also think this about real life when things like that happen, like that dude in Cleveland or whatever, Ariel Castro, that had those kid, those chicks locked in his basement for 12 years or right. 16 years or whatever. Like, how, how did he not get caught before you know what i mean like how did none of this ever come to light before how did it have how was it that like a guy walking down the street from mcdonald's or whatever like the one of those girls finally escaped or whatever and ran up to him and like that's how it got uncovered mm-hmm. i guess the same thing with like serial killers like you're like that uh hbk or whatever yeah guy like he was just a normal dude who was also a fucking horrible murderer well, and just kept I mean, getting away with it. Forever. Look at serial killers, you know, like uh, any of them. I mean, most of them appeared very normal. What's his name? Um, is escaping me right now. Name some serial killers. No, John Wayne Gacy. Uh, well, Gacy was crazy. He dressed as a clown, so that's different. What's his name? Not Jeffrey Ga- Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was like a handsome dude, drove a car and picked people up and killed people. Yeah, but like this is also another thing with that is like in. That story, like you always hear about that, like where that Asian kid was running naked down the street and ran into cops, and then Jeffrey Dahmer like came up and was like, "Oh, he's just confused. I work with kids who have mental illness, and they're like, oh, you're fine, then go ahead.'" And it was actually one of his victims, and it's like, that's weird. I mean, it was like what the middle of Indiana, so of course, like right. the cops are going to believe the white guy as opposed to like the Asian right. kid is naked. That's true. That's true. Like I don't know. But you're right, and but that's I guess, that's not really the reason I don't like horror movies. I just don't like them in general. It doesn't it's not interesting to me. Yeah, I like them. It's not my favorite genre. But at night, when I'm just sitting there by myself on my computer, I watch horror movies. They're entertaining. Like yeah. I said, the people that made The Strangers made a new movie that I was gonna watch the other night, which you commented on on Facebook. But I uh, yeah, I don't even know what I'm gonna watch it tonight. It's called Mocking Mockingbird. It's it's called Mockingbird, and it's kind of a cool premise, which. When I tell you the premise, it's either going to be cool or be the worst. But it's about five different families, and each one gets like a red Christmas present wrapped thing on their doorstep. It's a video camera, 
But the thing is, they have to turn it on and start filming, like whatever's going on in their house or in their lives. Yeah. And if they stop filming, they die. But they don't know how or if that's true. But it's interesting enough for me, like, okay, that could be yeah, cool. Yeah, that's an all right premise. It's a cool premise. It could also be fucking awful and dumb. I want to watch it tonight, and next week on, on this podcast, we'll talk about mocking. I keep on thinking about mocking Jay, which is why I keep on saying that because of the Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. But it's Mockingbird. I don't know why it's called Mockingbird because I haven't watched it yet. But it's about these people which have to turn on these video cameras. They turn them off. They're apparently they're all dead. I mean, well, if it's good, it's good. You know, I don't know. The premise is interesting enough. I would it's interesting say. enough for me to, to watch it. So that's pretty much what it is. Uh, let's see. I, I Am Not a Punk said, Hey, you guys, first off, just want to say thank you to Ryan and the rest of Mixtapes for writing records that helped me through some of the shittiest times of my life. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. Uh, I'll um, miss you guys. Also, in case you guys didn't know, test footage for the Deadpool movie leaked, and I think it looks pretty good. What are your thoughts on the idea of a Deadpool movie? Love the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you for liking the show. Thank you for liking songs I, I write. I write them because I'm sad, so if it makes you happy, too, that makes me happy. Um, the idea for a Deadpool movie I love. Yeah. If you make the right Deadpool movie. Well, the test footage was awesome. It was. You know? And it like, was cool. It was actually like well in the spirit of an actual Deadpool movie. Well, the problem that's, is that's the is, problem is when fucking Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool, you were like, well, he's still gonna be. It makes sense. That might be the only thing that he would ever be good in. Now, what was the, Ryan Reynolds was great in one movie? What? Fuck, what was it called? Waiting. Waiting was great. Yeah, but that wasn't really because of him. But it was hilarious. Yeah, but it was more because of Justin Long than him. Like True. Ryan Reynolds isn't. Am I also terrible? Because I thought Barry was good. I mean, Barrett was fine, but it was also a thing where it was like, I think when it came out, it was interesting. But like, if you watched it now, you'd be like, this Maybe. is dumb. Like, it's like Locke. I want to see Locke, but I haven't watched it. Have you seen it? No, and I want to see it because Tom Hardy's in it. Because like, if you doesn't know. know what Locke is, it's a movie about Tom Hardy where the entire movie is him in his car on a cell phone conversation with someone like directing him. Right. That's like threatening his life and family. And the whole movie takes place in his car. My problem is, is like it's the same thing as like phone booth, and like movies I like, like phone that. Booth. I know, but like when you watch them once, you're just like, oh, that's cool. And then if you ever had to see them again, you'd be like, this is fucking stupid. Like, right. none of this makes any sense whatsoever. But that brings up the question, you know, are movies made to be watched more than once all the time? Like, maybe it's just it's supposed to be just like you watch Lock and you're like, cool, that was fucking awesome. Right, but you're always gonna revisit stuff. You know what true. I mean? Like, true. Things just don't hold up as well as like we want them to. But I, I like the idea of a Deadpool movie. I thought the test footage was really good. Um, assuming that, which will happen, I was going to say, assuming that the um, studios don't get involved and start saying, well, we need it to be PG-13. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. But, if it, but once they get involved and they start going, well, people are really hungering for this. It's going to be a big tentpole movie for us. We're going to make a bunch of notes. The movie's going to be terrible. That's like the, that's the problem is a a Deadpool movie. It's much like we've talked about. Like if you made a Carnage movie from Spider Man, yeah, it has to be rated R. It There's has no, to be rated R, and if it's not no rated R, it's going to be a piece of shit. Yeah, like a Deadpool movie, like with that that test footage. If that was the way the movie was actually going to work out, oh, it'd be perfect. It will not. Like unfortunately, it just won't. Well, it's like, do you remember the Mortal Kombat movie footage yeah. that the guy made to try to like get funded? Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah. But it'll never get made because you want to make a. It did rated. get made. It did. It's a show. It's an internet. Yeah, it was fucking huge. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, you can watch it. There's like two seasons of it now. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's actually really good. Have you seen House of Cosby's? Yeah, I love House of Cosby's. I love House Justin of- Roiland. <laughs> Rick and Morty is like one of the greatest shows <laughs> on period. Um, but yeah, like, no, that Mortal Kombat thing is awesome. You can watch it. Like, it's online. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. They actually released it on Blu-ray not too long ago, I think. Now I'm awakened. I need to watch it. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Oh, hi, hey guys, how do you like the new Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib uh, album, Pinata? Have you listened to that? Freddie Gibbs pinata, yeah, cocaine pinata. I love no, it. No, just pinata, the with Mad Lib. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah, it is. It's Freddie fantastic. Gibbs is one of the best rappers out right now. Yeah, and anyone who disagrees is that's fine, but you're wrong. Yeah, he's amazing. That album's really. Have you good. seen the Westwood freestyle of Freddie Gibbs, where he just freestyles over in the UK? No. It's insane. Oh, I'm sure it's nuts. Freddie he's... Gibbs is one of the most talented rappers out right now. He's, I mean, he's a real rapper. Like, yeah, unlike all this, like, fucking, I mean, I like a lot of ignorant shit, but Freddie Gibbs can rap. Yeah. Like, 1990s, like, comes out, he, like, he just like, raps. To me, like, the, he's, like, the second coming of, like, Gangstar. Right. Like, Freddie Gibbs, like, he can rap his ass off. Yeah. And I like rap of rappers that just make hooks and trap beats. I'm not hating on it at all. But, man, Freddie Gibbs can just rap his ass off. Yeah, yeah. it's great. You should check out Pinata. It's on Spotify. If you have it, it's free. Listen to Freddie Gibbs. Uh, another somebody wrote in and said another terrible ska band named Skamikaze. The best part is is the name of their album. We are not a ska band. Why would you purposely put ska in a band name if you aren't even a ska band? It's <laughs> a good question. Fair, fair and enough. I don't know why. I remember and... Skamikaze. They're no Hot Stove Jimmy, but they'll no, do. They're no Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> Spring Hill Jack was good. I know you love Spring Hill Jack. I just don't. They're good. Um, JR was in that band. I know. I I know what who was in it. I just don't <laughs> care for it. Uh, you're going to tell me that Jolene is not a good song. It's fine. I just don't care about them at all. <sighs> Justin. We could have a talk. We have a whole bunch of messages where people try to send us bad bands. We'll get to those next week. Yeah. Um this isn't this is a serious week. We're not about bad bands. We're getting real serious this yeah. week. John from Michigan asks thoughts on the new Riff Rap album. Probably pretty I have good. zero thoughts. Probably pretty good. <laughs> I, I I actually like almost everything Mad Decent does, and I like Riff Raff as a person. I think he's hilarious. Because why does he do anything? I will never listen to the new Riff Raff album. Oh, I will. I'm gonna listen to it this week, and I'll tell you what I think next. Week. I want you to talk about. You know what? Then fine. I'll also listen to it next week. Let's talk about the new Riff Raff album. Because I, I, I actually enjoy that guy. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just he, like him. Do you know something I don't? Like, is he a joke? Like, confirmed? No, but he does so many, like... It's like Lil, he does B, that it's whole, like Lil B to me. It's like, I don't know if Lil B's serious. Well, he does all that shit. I mean, he obviously has a sense of humor about himself. Right. But he's also... He also got a million dollar advance from YouTube. Like, basically from being... From freestyling on YouTube. He's not even that good of a freestyler. But, At all. But he made a million dollars. So what the fuck am I supposed to say? Fair like, enough. I don't know. I haven't listened to the album. But I, I do like all those like weird things he does with Annie Melanakis. And like, it's fine. I like, have seen... Um, and if you're going to tell me that the Mad Decent radio uh, uh, station on Saints Row 4 wasn't the greatest thing ever. Fair. 
Well, I was going to say, I did a... Why do I keep losing every thought? I don't know I what's wrong with you. I'm a racist. Yeah? No. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, well, what, do you remember yet? No, it's fine. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's a serious question. I don't think we should go into that. Is it serious? What is, let's, just, let's do it real quick. Hey guys, this is a big hip hop head. It really bug, bugs me how people always get angry at rappers for how they objectify women, because it seems like, especially as of uh, late with Nicki Minaj that and that new Jennifer Lopez song, etc., that women of hip hop and pop music in general do this as much, if not more, than men. Any opinions on the topic? Here's the thing: they do not do it more than men. <laughs> because not more than the problem is, is that you would have to have about. Mm, 700, 800 more women rappers and female hip hop artists and like uh, R and B singers and stuff like that for that to happen. I think if a female rapper exists now, they talk about sex a lot more. Yes, they do. That's good, and I agree with him it's that fine. It, it happens a lot. And we were talking about that earlier about the whole dick size thing and the Anaconda song and all that, like. Well, my whole thing, I guess, is that different styles of music and people are just different styles of people, like. A lot of listeners to this, and you and I came up in a punk rock scene. Yeah. The rap scene isn't the punk rock scene. No. You can say that they started in the same place, which they did, which was like kind of political and anti-establishment. But a lot of rap groups and rap songs sing about going to strip clubs and throwing money. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No. A lot of people do. But that's the problem, is maybe if you're offended by everything... Is it possible that maybe you're the problem yeah. and not what you're listening to? Right. Like, if a rapper has a song about a strip club and a girl's big ass, like, you don't have to listen to it. No. And it's not changing society as much as you think you want to change society. Like, the thing it's is, just a song. This is the thing, is that those kind of songs come and go so much. How many of them are, like, real classics and looked at as, like... Like we talked about the thong song... It's 13 yeah. years old. It's also... Does anyone look at the thong song by Cisco and be like, just the way he treats women, which he doesn't treat women at all because he skips over yes. them and actually does yeah. acrobats. But my point being, like, no one thinks it's offensive. It doesn't fucking matter. Because it's dumb and it's innocuous. It's the same thing as, like, like well, the original Sir Mix-a-Lot song. Like, Baby you know Got I mean? Back. Yeah, like, you don't... No one's offended. No. And this is the reason also is because Sir Mix-a-Lot was always a comedy rapper. He was never like, I mean, he's a good rapper, but he was never serious about things. Well, yeah. And besides that, the other thing is, is like how much of that shit's going to stick with you in a real way? Like how, I, I, how much do you think Baby Got Back or the Thong Song or Anaconda is going to? Or Juvenile, back that ass yeah, up. Like any of that shit's actually going to inform someone's opinion As a matter of fact, world. I want to make a point right now. Yeah. Publicly. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me, because I will tell you right now, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of males and females, and a lot of females, and there's nothing wrong with this comment, because it's true, and I don't care if anyone should try to disagree with me, that will be like, rap sexist, men are sexist, you shouldn't talk about this, this or that, but if they were at a party, or a barbecue, or on tour, and Juvenile Back That Ass, back that ass Up came on, yeah. they would start dancing and singing along immediately. Right. It happened on Warp Tour. All that shit happens. So it's funny because people are like, well, it's sexist. You shouldn't talk about this. Then all of a sudden, back that ass up comes on, and all your all ideals are out the, the fucking, fucking window. window. It's done. And you're singing along and dancing. Do you know why? Because it's a song called Back That Ass yeah, Up. It's, it's not offensive. It's stupid. It's stupid as shit. 
and you just want to dance to some juvenile. What was the single, his other single, which was about the same shit? What? Uh, it was years later. But Oh, uh, she got it from her mama? That's well, one? there's that one. She got it from <laughs> her mama. I mean, that's just it. Like, I've seen punk rock boys and girls, literally myself, they'll be like fucking sexist, this and that. When back that ass up or she got it from her mama or a mystical song comes on, start dancing trying to be ironic or funny, but it's right. like, no, you're dancing and you're singing and you're not offended yeah, because you realize that it's a song called back that ass. Up. Yeah. <laughs> like what's and that, that's the other thing is like, is like, I don't really give a shit if female artists are objectifying men. Fine. Sure. It's about fucking time. Like, you know what I mean? Agreed. Like, Nicki, great. Nicki Minaj wrote Anaconda, and the whole song is about how she fucks some dudes, and that's awesome. Yeah, great. The thing is, is yeah, once it gets to the saturation point where there's a lot of that and not much male voice left, then sure, get offended about it. Will that even happen, though? No, it will never happen. That's just it. And that's the problem. Like, it's like, just, you know, let her, let them have the, the time in the sun. Because... Ultimately, that song also is not informing anyone's real opinion of things. Like, yeah, a bunch of girls in their 20s are like, oh, I want a big dick, whatever. Good, let them go have that, and then whoever that is will fuck them over, and they'll be like, well, that guy was an asshole, and I should probably grow up. And like, then they're going to have to find a guy with a smaller dick who in five years can get well, a bigger yeah, dick. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. They're going to have to find micropenis, and then they're going to have to go to the lab and get a new one, put it on but, there. But people that people that talk about rap being like misogynistic and all that, I'm just... I, of, this is okay. How relevant? I don't it, know. It man. fucking yes, it is. It is. We sure can go ahead is. and say that. It Agreed. Is. This is the thing. Do you know why it is? Because it's built around the idea of being the most macho badass dude in the room. None of those people are <laughs> shooting anybody. None of those people are fucking dealing drugs still. Like minus, not, minus Cameron. Yeah, minus Cameron. Cameron and, might be shooting somebody. <laughs> perhaps yeah. <laughs> but like no, what I'm saying is like the idea of bragging and boasting and shit. That's part and parcel of listening to rap music. It's what it's you know about. What I mean? Like rap is about boasting. Right. So you're talking about how you have more guns, more money and more girls. And in that yeah. situation, more bitches, Yeah. which is not a word I use because no. why would I, I'm a white guy from I'm a middle class, but bitches is just the term. Cause their point they're making is obviously like just calling them bitches is cause they're just some like girls that they got to fuck. Yeah. And it's boasting. And that's it's a, not it is offensive, but right. it doesn't matter. I no. don't think in society, I I honestly, and maybe you disagree or anyone listening disagrees, I don't think it's a big issue. No. I mean it I it doesn't I, really matter. I don't think it is just because if you look at the overall reasoning as to why hip hop exists is or at least, you know, in its current form actually always. It's always been about like the idea of like the black race struggling to find a foothold in like modern society. Yeah. So like when you hear like people like, and this is the thing in the last like five years is like, you hear like Waka Flocka, or you hear like ASAP Rocky, or Gucci, you hear people, Mane. Gucci Mane. Yeah. You hear people like rapping about things like that. It's because there is no permanence to their lifestyle and they know it. <coughs> like if you only had like a couple, if you thought that you weren't going to live past 20 anyway, and all of a sudden you were immensely wealthy, What's the first thing you would do? I'm I gonna, agree. I'm gonna fuck everything that I can because who knows how long this is gonna last? And, it, and someone's gonna shoot me. To it shows tomorrow. how fucked up our country is and wrong. Right. And I actually think the ASAP Rocky 
is underrated because lyrically, when he says, like, in the song, you know, what's the lyric exactly? Oh, he says, I got money, like, whatever, I've got money now, and it'll make me act niggerish. Yeah. At least a nigga niggerish. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm saying that because it's a real lyric. Right. It's not like I'm saying the N word. That's his lyric. He wrote it. He's right. Like, he got money now, and he's excited. And it's sad that because he's like a black person from the hood in our country, he has to be excited that he has money now. Because white people don't worry about that. No. And some do. So don't no, get me wrong. Absolutely. We don't do. get me wrong there's, that there's, there's no white people's struggles. I've had struggles. I've had times when I've had no money. But I'm if just you, saying. But if you're black and disadvantaged, you're so far fucking behind everyone. You can like, look at your cities. I don't know how they are, but in Cincinnati right now and over the Rhine, it's the place that used to be like the ghetto. Yeah. And they've put in a bunch of hipster bars and restaurants. And I straight up will tell you, like, they're pushing the blackout. No, they are. And That's what they do. What happened, like, I went down there about three weeks ago with some friends. And a black guy came up to me and was just like, listen, man, I'm just struggling. Do you have any money? If not, it's not a big deal. He was very nice, very polite. I actually gave him a few bucks. A cop literally pulls up and says to the guy, hey, you need to leave those people alone. So I actually looked at the cop and I was like, hey, this guy's not bothering us. He's with us. Right. And it was funny because the cop goes, well, are you okay? That's how racist this was. Yeah. And I go, yeah, the guy's with us. It's fine. He's not bothering us at all. So the cop drives away, and the guy literally was like, thank you, man. Like, they harass me all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, how fucking crazy racist is, like, our police and this and that? And that's what goes back to when people are like, well, there's just a few bad cops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. It's, it's yeah. not even that. Like, I don't know about that. It's that, like, it's, it goes further into, like, a society that doesn't value helping people. It only values, like, the whole reason why, like, people, they give drug dealers fucking 25 years in jail for selling weed right. is because they aren't legally allowed to have slaves anymore. But they'll, like, but they'll give you Oxycontin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, no. <laughs> as, long as, there's a, as long as there's somebody with a prescription pad that's able to write it, uh, then yeah, of course. But that's what, like, it's just all around is bad. So, like, when you see that kind of thing, when somebody says, like, oh, I, you know... I, I dream like my entire life. I dreamed of having the money to like fuck bitches and smoke weed and do this. Right. It's because they like on a daily basis in the shittiest fucking places you can think of. Like, what do you think that they've ever looked forward to? If they had money, what do you think? You think they want to be socially responsible? No, right. they want to give back just what the fuck they got. So right. they want to put themselves in a place of power above other people, just like it's been put on them their entire lives. There's certainly there's plenty of people who can speak to it very eloquently in hip hop music, but as by and large, as far as hip hop goes, you don't see anything but like fucking nihilism, and we're Even not then, gonna live till tomorrow. What's like, funny is if you want to look at the corruption, I guess of hip hop, if you want to call it corruption, I don't know. Like let's look at Common. Yeah. Common started as a rapper that was very very politically conscious. Yeah. Very much about money, the government, the power, the police. And then he got picked up by Kanye, and Common turned into a party rapper. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, because if you listen to, like, old Common, it's very political. Right. It's very smart. It's very in-depth. Yeah. And there's interviews with Common, where he literally is just like, well, I just wanted to make more money. Like, and he just started making party rap. Right. 
And that's because... And that's where it's at. He's a person who was like, this doesn't pay the bills. I'm going to do this. So... And is that that wrong? Because if if you have a job, if you're a normal person, you work at McDonald's, and you get offered a position at a bank, which is a... Well, McDonald's sucks. But my point is, a bank is owned by the government. It's probably corrupt. You're taking the job, making more money. It's like, is it so wrong... That Common just started making songs about parties. I don't yeah. like it as much. I don't even listen to him. Yeah. And that's my point, is I like Old Common better. But right. I don't judge him for what he became. No. I don't listen to it. And there's, not for me. There's not a reason to judge him for what he has done, because he's a person who made a career decision. You know and what I mean? That's my like, point, is like... He, he was... Well, this is what I'm saying, is like, he, he was doing this as a career. This is his job. Right. A lot of those guys who break... And they do things and they make like those songs and stuff. It's because they were informed by that type of rap music and by their entire culture that like, this is what you do. You have money now. You probably won't have it tomorrow. So you might as well fucking do whatever you can. Common is clearly like, I'm an actor and this and that, and I'm saving for the future. Like I'm smart. I'm not on the streets anymore. But like people like Chief Keef, they get a million dollars and then they go years. to fucking jail. He's yeah, going to be dead in two, be years. two years. Yeah. Like, you just see it all the time. And, like, that's the reason I think, like, I bring up, like, ASAP Rocky a lot is because, like, he won't probably be around in a couple years. Not that he'll be dead, but he just won't be relevant or popular. Which is sad. He's, but very, he's very talented. He's very good. And if you listen to that album, that entire album is just full of him basically saying, like, I'm probably... Like, this is it for me. Like, I'm probably going to die after this. Like, <laughs> I don't have a future. Like, nobody ever promised me a future. The fact that I have this money is fucking crazy. And it's not about partying and shit. It's literally about, like, the fucking nihilism and horrible shit that goes into everyday life in that circumstance. Agreed. And that all you can do, essentially, is dream of, like, it's like being a fucking pauper and dreaming of being in the prince. And then all of a sudden you are, and then everybody's gunning for you. And then you lose everything, and then what the fuck's the point? Like you just, I agree. You know, you only have like you only have this much amount, this amount of time to get high, and fuck girls and do this. Well, I'm gonna do it because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Not, exactly. Not that you're like some white guy who's like, well, see what you do is you go to school for uh, business, and then you get into banking, and then and then you, you fuck on. bitches. Yeah, <laughs> but but you do it. Uh, you know, so people don't know, you know, like you, right. you, you have a lot of money, but people don't need to know that you just, you know, you keep getting more and more money and you keep that and you keep wanting more and more money and you just keep that money coming. But like people who don't have that, of course they fucking blow it. Of course yeah. they fucking just destroy it. That's what I mean is like, that's why the misogyny and rap music. Yeah, it's not great, but it makes a lot of fucking sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when people are pushed into a corner, they don't have a lot of fucking options. And, like, that's I agree with that. a thing. And when you get down to the basics of it, just, like, back that ass up. Just listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah. It's, if it deal, offends it's you, just like any fucking pop if song. If it offends you, just, you know, don't listen to it. Back that ass up didn't change culture. No. It didn't make a difference. It and didn't I, make anyone yeah. more sexist. And I know that we, like... Juvenile just wanted to see some girls back some asses up. Yeah. And I know we make a big deal about like that Robin Thicke song, and we said that thing about Maroon Five the other week. It's true. But like that's just us talking about it. Like those songs don't mean anything. Like they're, they're not, not going to in ten no, years. No, the Robin Thicke song is rapey. Yeah, it's creepy. 
I don't but agree with it. But in 10 years, you're like every fucking asshole. Not even 10 years. Now. Yeah. We talked about it, what, a few months ago? No, what I'm saying is in 10 years, every fucking shitty asshole in the world who was like, this is misogynistic, they're going to hear it at like a wedding reception or something like that and be like, that's pretty good. That's pretty right. good groove. I'm going to dance. Like, because it doesn't make a difference. There's no cultural impact to it. You know, like it isn't like the Beatles made a song and went, I want to fuck you. uh, You know, I want to fuck you even though you don't want it. Like, (laughs) you know, like because then then I would be like, yeah, that that would make cultural. I would like a Beatles song called I want to fuck you. even though You don't want it. Sir Paul McCartney. (laughs) We need to get a hold of Paul McCartney. Well, tying that in with everything, um, the song to close out this week. Yeah. Is (coughs) actually I wanted to answer these last two things. Okay, this girl wrote in a couple of things. I think uh, maybe she just wrote in one. I've been meaning to answer her about this. Hey guys, a couple or sorry, story so glory uh, wrote in. Hey guys, a couple of weekends ago, I was over and over the Rhine with friends, and as we were walking down the main street, there was some sort of hardcore show happening above Cincy by the Slice, which is the local pizza place in Over the Rhine. I asked a ton of people, and nobody knows what or who it was, and no one I was with uh, was with was down to check it out. I'm working on a senior capstone project for Cincinnati NKY scene, and I was just curious if you guys knew anything about it. Thanks, Leah. Um, yeah, I actually do. Uh, <clears throat> our friend um, Beal, who yeah. was in like a bunch of bands and everything. Yeah, Beal's been in a lot of bands. He does um, he does this thing that's a Turbo Negro tribute band called the Cincinnati Juggend, which that's who was playing down there. If you were wondering. Was they just cover Turbo Negro songs? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, if anybody was uh, wants to check out that, then go ahead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a huge thing across the United States. Apparently, they have like a whole network of bands that just cover Turbo, Turbo Negro songs. All right. And then That's, like I didn't know. And that. then they all wear like jackets and stuff. Like they're a motorcycle gang. It's very weird. But <laughs> apparently, it's like a whole subculture of that band. There you go. That's it. <clears throat> but anyway. Um, you were saying about the song that we're closing out with today. Oh, song closing out with oh, today. Wait, we should say follow us on things and no, well, yeah, us follow on us things. on Twitter. Uh, Justin will put our names on the blog, on our Twitter names and our handles, and uh, rate us on iTunes. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. The next few weeks, we have a few great guests. We have Nuno, the singer of A Wilhelm Scream, Camus Bell from his FX TV show, and um, as a comedian and political talker. And Chris Conley from Saves the Day. And follow us, hang out with us, and talk to us. And the song today is a very important song discussing everything we just talked about, about government and police, is a song by Run the Jewels, which is Killer Mike and LP. If you don't know who they are, that sucks. But uh, yeah, LP is one of the best. Currently, probably the best. LP is probably the best hip-hop production manager out right now. And rapper. And, and Killer Mike is the best rapper. Yeah. And easily. I don't even like Rage Against the Machine, but Zach De La Roche is on this song, and it's about police and corruption. And it's off their new album coming out, Run the Jewels 2. So check out Run the Jewels, because Run the Jewels is fucking awesome. Yeah, they're the best. So uh, please listen to this song, listen to the meaning, and just take notice of everything going on around you, because I know we're a, a comedy podcast, but our country is pretty fucking crazy right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit you should pay attention to that's very important. So listen to this song and please enjoy it.
We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week with some uh, video game and movie talk and some fuckery. Fashion slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribbled like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in a center for the crook book. Black on black on black, wait, the ski mask, that is my crook book. How you like my styling, bro? Ain't nobody styling, bro. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bro. Where my fathers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police motherfuckers or take over a jail. Get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's the pillow torches, where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them. We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom. And even if some good ones die, fuck it, the Lord will sort them. We, we out of order, your honor, you out of order. This old court is unimportant, you fuckers are walking corpses. I'm a flip wig synonym, living within distortion. I'm fighting to a cyanide molar before you wars win. I'm a New Yorkie and I'm fucked for the jump. I wear my Yankees so tilted, I actually walk with a hunch. Look at Mikey, I think he's Mikey, we are sinister sons. Hey, we the type to preach a preacher with a grin and a gun. Come on, come on. Come on. Visiting. My solitary conditions preventing conjugal visits. Domain and missing my misses. They keeping me from my chilling conditions. Create a villain. The villain is giving vision. The vision becomes a vow to seek vengeance on all the vicious liars and politicians. Prophets of the prisons. The forehead engravers and slavers of men and women, including members of clergy that rule on you through religion. So strip your kids to the nude and then tell them God will forgive them. Give them. It's Taylor on the cut, lifting six on your stitching crew. I'm miles ahead of you, you can sit my bitches through. My battle status is burning matches from Dallas to Malibu. Check my resume, your residence is residue. Color skin job, and my honey dip will backflip for you. You playing God, your eye socket, she gon' rip it too. We sick of bleeding out a tray, spraying victim you. Dunk dying, fill up 8K, dicking you. Eclipse in the bottom, we dipping from Gotham. Yes, eclipsed by the shadows, a dark dance in the coffin. I'm a fellow with melanin, suspect of a felony Ripped like rock in my law, feds is checking my melody Less aggressively tested with bumps, stretches and penalties Dump cases we're facing a cop, please when we season a pump With reason to dump on you global grand dragons Still piling fast bucks, Afghani toe tagging Now they tracking me, yeah we busting back See the only thing that close quicker than our caskets be the factory Running too fast, running, running too fast Running, running